Hi, this is Nick Dragata of East of West, and you're listening to the 11 O'Clock Comics Podcast. <laughs> You doing something different this week? Oh, he's me- he's going right in on I'm you. I'm going right in. Oh my god, dude! For this, you don't have Dad takes these things though. This is gonna eat at him. But it won't eat at him. So, I, I should be used to the knife in the back of the Sicilian. So it's oh right. Right? I know. God. We know what they say. You know what I said at work? I made somebody laugh because they said, "Hey, you're gonna get in trouble for that." And I said, "I'm Sicilian. Trouble flows off me like water off a duck's ass." <laughs> My people have been covering up the trouble for centuries. No doubt, no diggity. I'm Teflon. Nothing ever. I'm goddamn giddy. Me too. You live for this night, bro. I love this night. This is I. You know what? And, and seriously, I I love looking at what people vote on and what's. I, lo- I, know, I love our little back talk, <laughs> our little back chatter. <laughs> and like I'm like. We're like a bunch of like we're like a bunch of uh, like like uh, like New York Jewish uh, uh, aunties that are just talking shit behind people's backs. Oh, how do you pick that? How is that even possible? <laughs> but you know, it, but it's still fun to see what people think about from the past past twelve months and yeah. and what what's tickled their uh, monkeys. So it's all good. <laughs> yep. Who's got a monkey? We don't have monkeys here, dude. I when I was a kid, my my insane mother ha- had equally insane friends. And she had a friend who had a monkey, a pet monkey. And I remember one week she was away or something, and we had to go to the house and feed it. Dude, I, you you have to be clinical to have a monkey as a pet. The thing was literally running around the house, destroying the woman's house, throwing feces at us when we walked in the door. I mean, I, I can't fathom why you would want to have that creature in your home. Feces. <laughs> and Jason was, hello. Please stop throwing feces at us. He had, a, he had opened his parasol. Damn it. Perhaps you should stop. It's quite untoward. Right? My man. It's unsanitary. It is. You're spreading germs. Hello, everybody. This is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 518. Our special once a year, Blink and It's Gone. 11 O'Closkers, episode 4, 2017. And I am the long-winded Vince B. Oh, you are. Yeah, it's not all that's long about you, though. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. And of course, I am your wonderful award host, Bob Hope. Ah, you're not Bob Hope. You're better than Bob Hope. You're Jason Wood. He's giddy. You know why I picked Bob Hope, though? Um, USO? No. Why? <laughs> he holds the record for hosting the Oscars the most times. Look at you. 18 times he hosted. I didn't Damn. know that. Do you, you want to take a guess who's number two? Wink Martindale. Stop. I don't know. Uh, Wink Martindale. What? Not Billy Crystal. Yes, Billy Crystal. Yes! Eight times. It's crazy. John, Johnny Carson, five. And then Jack Lemmon, Whoopi Goldberg, and I believe Chris Rocket, four each. <laughs> wow. wow, Chris Times. Okay, good for him. Strange bedfellows. But no, you're Jason uh, Wood. Well, they're all comedians or talk yeah. shows. But. Yeah. It is true. Yes, I am Jason Wood. What's up? 
and you don't have to blow the monologue to get cheap comic books <laughs> and everything else in the previous catalog. All you got to yeah, all you got to do is go to dcbservice.com. That's dcb as in boy service.com and you can get all your favorite funny books and collectibles at a fraction of the retail cost. First up from Black Mask, it is The Billionaire Killers number 1 which is a uh, new series written by Matteo Pizzolo, art by Sue Leeds, published by Black Mask. You can get in on the ground floor of this, which is a $3.99 cover price book, the going rate. You can has it for $2.19. That's 45% off. Jason, you want to take the next one? Let me do it. You do it, bro. All right. From Dynamite. It's the return of the green hornet. Oh, me so hornet. Uh, <laughs> Amy Chu is writing, and the artist is Ermen Aramus, and the cover price is three ninety nine. But you, because you're super smart and sexy, can have it for a dollar ninety nine. And uh, bringing up the rear, but never in our hearts, from Oni Press. It's a book uh, written by Ed Brisson with art by Alessandro Michelli and Shari Chankhama. It's a miniseries, actually, a limited series. This is issue one of five. It is called The Ballad of Sang. And you, on the ground floor, can have this for 50% off the cover price, which will cost you $1.99 dcbservice.com do not mind late orders or order editions and you get your books all shipped all secure and sound and safe and snug and another S word right to your door what could be easier I don't know nothing and I love you extra this this month for singling out the uh, the Sang book because uh, Alessandro Maselli is this is his first big break in American comics and as you all know I have been getting commissions from him for about four or five years now. And I love the guy. He lives in Italy. He just had his first kid with his wife. Um, he was repped. When we first met, he was repped by uh, Schachter at Essential. Yes. And then that didn't last. I don't know what happened. And then he was repped by Cadence for a bit. And then now he's back on his own. And he's very, I think he pretty much makes his living doing commissions, at least up to this point. So I am thrilled to see him get a a major uh, U.S. book. It's been an aspiration of his for a long time. So I'm, I'm, if ever I was rooting for a book, uh, this would be right up there. So he is a, he's, he's a hella nice guy too. It's um, just, just chatting with him the few times, uh, especially at C2E2 a couple years ago, but it's, um, and yeah, I love when he, comes to the group um i believe he thinks we have a podcast and he comes to the group and he uh i'm totally in the dark he'll let us know i will fill you in later he uh you know he he lets you know when 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 he's got a sale running for commissions i i know people on the group of um in the group have have hit him up for that uh i've seen him in the comic sketchbook groups it's it's i i like his work a lot and and i need to get do we know if he's coming to heroes i i don't know we haven't okay. seen any hint of who's coming to Heroes yet. But we totally, um, I, I, I need something from him in in, uh, in my collection. Cool. Yes. Well, I'm yes, glad indeed. I picked that then. I'm glad you did. Nice. 
I'm very glad you did. Um, I, I have a thank you and a heads up. I have a thank you as well. So this. yes, perfect. Okay. First, let me do the heads up. Um, so just a quick Patreon note. I unfortunately have been reminded in the last two days how bad the USPS is at times. Mm. Um, when I sent out my, so for those people that aren't patrons, um, you've probably heard us mention that one of the tiers is a care package tier. And the way it works is people who donate a certain amount per month or above for six months, get a care package from us. And I'd like to say not to pat ourselves on the back, but I think we've done a nice job and people have been pretty pleased with the, with the, 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 the quality of the contents we've sent them so far. Uh, and we divvy that up each month between us. And so in my December shipments, I think I had six or seven people to send to, um, Chris Chavez, shout out, um, posted his package when he received it, and it was miraculous that it received. He got it intact because the, the the package was torn all to hell, but somehow it it had not lost enough of its integrity that uh, the books were gone. So so he so I was nervous, and then um, I got a thing in the mail today, a letter from the USPS, a form letter that was literally photocopied. By the way, it's a photocopy of a letter. It's not even a, a <laughs> I didn't even bother to print a to print it, um, a fresh print, but it said essentially, uh, one of your packages that, that, uh, got, got damaged in transit. Um, you know, kindly go to this website if you're missing any items, so forth, so on with the, all that was in the envelope besides that letter was a return address from, for me and, uh, the mailing address to Keith Amaral, who is one of our awesome patrons. And so, uh, clearly Keith's package got lost in transit, destroyed, which, which breaks my heart. So I've reached out to him, but just as an FYI, um, I also reached out to the other people I sent packages to uh, in December, um, a few of which we have already heard from, and they did get the packages, thankfully. A few we haven't heard either way. So just know that uh, if you're listening to this and you are a patron and you thought you were doing a package in December and you didn't get one, um, then check your email or your patron account because I, I reached out to you. And if for some reason you didn't get a package, um, while that totally sucks and that bums me out to lose, you know, book in the ether, um, you know, rest assured, we'll, I'll, I'll hook you up and I'll, I'll, I'll send a fresh package out this coming month. And, and clearly the, uh, the packaging method that I chose in December, which were these awesome, um, shipping oversized envelopes with built in, uh, um, uh, like, you know, popcorn cushioning apparently weren't, weren't up to snuff. So I will have to resort back to the cardboard boxes that I used in, November. Um, so just, just FYI on that heads up. Um, and then so the this thanks, is, this is the second, uh, patron that was affected by something like this. DAP is going to have something happen. Cause uh, oh, I, I expect to, because I, I've, uh, I've just heard back from Jonathan who's in British Columbia. And, uh, while he's been away for the past couple of days, he says he hasn't received anything. Okay. So there you go. Um, and then uh, the thank you is for uh, someone near and dear to all of our hearts, but in particular Vince's heart, and that's Mr. Williams, William Scar. Oh, nice. Be- because, uh, Vince, you interviewed him, what, maybe a month or two, maybe two months ago, three months ago, about his Kickstarter for Deanna of the Dead? Yeah. Yeah. So when you interviewed him, you got me all riled up for it. I backed that Kickstarter, and um, this is definitely one of the good Kickstarters in that William – uh, was true to his word. The book was delivered today. I received uh, not only the book, but I received his sketchbook called Transgressions, uh, a, a letter thanking me for my support, and 
certainly, most importantly, I'm bearing the lead, a page of original art from Deanna. And uh, it is naughty. So I will put it up on CAF soon, but it'll be under the NFSW section of the CAF because it's naughty. But thanks very much, uh, William. And I can't wait to read the book. And I'm sure Vince will be devouring it when he gets it. And we'll talk about it. We'll speak on it. Yes, we will. Um, Gooch, go ahead. Dap, take it away. Uh, no, just a quick little uh, massive thank you uh, to our North Carolina brothers, uh, specifically this evening to our boy Cliff, uh, who sent me some music, which I've been listening to at work and helped pass the time yesterday while uh, I was shoveling. So um, not comics related except for the fact that we're all in this together because of comics. Uh, but I want to thank him for uh, filling my ear holes, which I guess we do for him every week. Nice. Sweet. Pay it forward. I like it. Giggity, giggity. Yep. Giggity. Let's, let's get this, these drink roll calls out of the way so we can get into the comics. Here. Let's do it. Yeah. Carlo Rossi again. The big old Ooh, jug. That, that, that jug in your room and shit. Super <laughs> the jug of never ending. Yeah, super expensive vino from Carlo Rossi. Nice. It's like fucking Armstrong over here with the wine. What about you, Jason? I am drinking Sterling Vineyards Cabernet Sauvignon from 2014. I like it. Uh, this is, open this up tonight, just for tonight. Uh, it is another bottle from the fabulous 19 Crimes. This is uh, The Uprising. This is red wine aged 30 days in rum barrels. And it's a little on the dry side, a little drier than I'm kind of used to. I like it. Um, really can't taste the rum all that much, which is fine by me. It is a very... Um, it doesn't go down as smooth as their reds or their their other reds or, or specifically the Cabernet Sauvignon, but this is uh I, I would I would definitely recommend this. The cork specifically uh is for Vince because as you know they put one of the nineteen crimes on the cork. This is uh number sixteen stealing a shroud out of a grave. Nice. I would do that. You would as like, in, uh, to Australia. Would. Amazing. You send that cork to me, please. I will. I'll hold on to it before we get together next month, bitch. Right. Good. Yeah. yeah All right. Bad. So uh, while we go into the, before we go into these 11 o'clockers, we should explain them to the people who aren't regular listeners, who haven't been here for the many times we've done this before, the 10 times. What we do yeah. is we solicit opinion from our listeners on a multitude of topics. And they all weigh in, and we ta Jason tallies all the votes, and we go down uh, win place and show for each category, and then we offer our picks as to our favorite whatever in each category, and that's basically how it does. How it's done, Jason. How we do? Want to embellish you, that a little bit or no? No, man, you said it, and I, I think you picked it. No, no surprise. You, you, you were careful to use the right word, which is favorite. Um, we don't, we don't choose our words. Uh, uh, lightly when we do this because look um, I, the one thing I did want to say before we get into this here is just this personal opinion but I, I, I think for my money 
I'll, I'll say on record that I think this was the best year for overall quality of comics in since we've been doing the show, in my opinion. Um, now, some that are regular listeners may find that ironic since there were a point or two this year where I was unusually negative about what I had read. And that really just ties into, I think one of the reasons I've come away feeling so strong about the year is that I think it was a more balanced year for me. Um, there were a ton of books that I loved that were by, uh, that were not by Marvel and DC, uh, a ton of OGNs I enjoyed. And I think that, um, I just think that there's a tremendous amount of amazing comic being done, um, in lots of different forms. I mean, if you think again about some of the publishers that are out there now, you know, like your black masks, you know, and your no brows and these little, little publishers that could, that, that are out there and they're putting out, you know, really aftershock, they're putting out quality stuff. I mean, it's, it used to be when we would look in the, in the previews, uh, in the back of the previews, it was like hunting for gold. I mean, you could pretty much guess that most of the stuff that was in the back probably wasn't great. You know, there were, there were, again, there were always great stuff tucked away, but you had to search for it. Now I genuinely think most publishers that are putting out multiple books, at least a handful of the books they're putting out are very good stuff. And, you know, one of the frustrations, and I don't want to speak for you guys, but certainly as we were telling, telling our own choices this year, I got frustrated personally that I felt like I read a ton this year, but there's lots of stuff that made, a, that got a lot of love and shine from our, our listeners that, I just am behind on and I, I suspect had I been up to date and current in all the things that I buy and read, you know, maybe some of my choices would be different or maybe I'd have a different perspective, but I can't get too frustrated because honestly, the things that I did choose, I, I adored every each and every choice and it was still damn hard to make choices in pretty much every category. So, um, so, but yeah, but, but we, we, we use the word favorite because these are just what floated our boat. Again, we read more comics than the average person. But we don't read them all. Each of us read a lot of the same comics to talk about them. But we also each have a ton that we don't read of one another stuff. There isn't 100% overlap. And certainly, um, it's it, it, it's, it always seems a little hubristic to say best. You know, and I know lots of sites you say best. And that's cool. You do your thing. But but to say, like, something is the best, I think, is a little, I don't know, a little assuming because it's so subjective. So these are our favorites. And, and your mileage likely will vary. So just, just, you know, as you hear us talk about this stuff, just accept that these are the things that floated our boat this past year, right? We're not saying that there aren't comics that you could like better or that meant more to you. And, uh, and yeah, that, that's about it. Well said. Thanks. Very well said. Well, let's do it then. Let's do it. Be satisfied. The winners and presentation order. So... Yes. So I think I'm first. You are the first talk. I am indeed first. Okay. You are first. Okay. So our first category of the night is favorite comic related non comic item. And that can be uh, somewhat self explanatory, but it's anything that's related to comicsdom that uh, would be fair game, but not a book itself. So usually the winner in this category would be these days either a, a video game, a TV show, or a movie. They're typically the things that take the cake. Um, and so with no surprise, in third place, our listener's choice was Spider-Man Homecoming with 7% of the vote. In second place was A Wonder Woman, uh, the movie, with 16% of the vote. And just edging out Wonder Woman for the the listener's favorite non-comic, uh, comic-related item of the year with 17% of the vote, Thor Ragnarok. 
So uh, the question is, did I agree with them or not? And I did not. I um, you agreed with some of them. No, that's true. I was I was I was with the 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 the, the middle camp. I I chose uh, Wonder Woman. Um, it was a strong year, as as has become usual for superhero related films. Um, I, I think I enjoyed to some degree or another everyone that I saw this year, and I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I saw them all. Um, I certainly saw the those three, and uh, for me the the I've rewatched them all as well, except for Thor Ragnarok, because that hasn't come out yet. And in rewatching them, Wonder Woman edges out the others for me because I, I, I enjoyed it as much, if not more, the second time around. So it gets my vote, but I thought all three were worthy choices for the category. So my vote was Wonder Woman. Nice. Um, I, for me, it kind of comes down to a coin toss. I, there, were, there were a couple things that I figured I was going to lean one way to the other on and, and uh, then I have to start whittling it down as to uh, pros and cons and what kind of ekes things out a little bit more, what I may have laughed at a little bit more. Uh, so for me, I am actually in the camp of the listeners that voted for the first. And, uh, and for me this year, I think the most fun I had, in the movies, considering you had Spider-Man Homecoming, you had Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, you had some fun times in the theater, uh, and there was some awesome stuff on TV, as, as Vincent let you know, but for me, it, it this year is Thor Ragnarok. Nice. Uh, can Mr. Strikeout not destroy the text before we... Uh... Right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean... Quick. <laughs> I mean, how do you forget what you wrote? But still. Well, no, exactly. I know what I, I just want to give him the business. <laughs> Uh, for the first time in, I believe, a very, very long time, I have seen none, zero, That's of true. the three films that have uh, garnered votes, the most votes, from our listeners. Spider-Man Homecoming, Wonder Woman, Thor Ragnarok, no, no, and no. Haven't seen them. So I went with the thing that I did watch and very much enjoyed was Marvel's The Punisher on the old Netflix Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a massively uh, impressive outing. I think it's my favorite Marvel show to date. Just edging out that first season of Daredevil just by a little bit. I can see that. Yeah, so uh, there. There you go. Punisher. Good old Frank. Always in my heart. Nice. Aww. Next, we have... Favorite new to me. That's funny because I was just about to change my answer. Uh, favorite new Look to me for this year because no, dude. I'm honestly I'm going through my notebook right now as we still as we're still doing this. Um, last minute dab. So we have favorite new to me in third place. Um, as much as it may break Jason's heart, uh, Cartago at two percent. Yeah, but I think that's a testament of the people that pay attention to Mr. Wood when he opens. Oh, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Uh, in second place at 3%, you have Deadly Class, which, wow. you know what? I love that it is still, it. it's exciting and vibrant enough that, that, that people are trying it a year or so, two years or so after it has started. So um, maybe we'll get that, you know, that, that, that 
Walking Dead traction and you know people just keep buying the the collective editions. But uh in first place with four percent, and you know, this is respectable considering it went away for most of the year. Uh Rumble. And that um I'm a little surprised that I would have thought first and second place might have might have flip-flopped there, but still I, I can't be mad at any of those. Uh for me I originally had something written and then I realized because we had the man on the show and I love this book when I finally read it. I'm going with Ed Pisker's WYSIWYG. Oh, oh yeah. nice. Look at oh, you. that's excellent. You didn't have that in the spreadsheet, did you? No, I you did not have it on the spreadsheet. Wow. I have it right in the notebook and I'm, I'm, I'm looking right at the page uh, for people who want to know behind the scenes. I had uh, Kingsman. The Secret Service, which was the limited series that came out a few years ago. Uh, I enjoyed the movie a lot. I talked about the, sh- uh, the collected edition on the show a couple months back. Uh, I did like it a lot. It was really one of the only few new-to-me things that I did read all year until I got to this page in my notebook, and I really, really enjoyed the hell. I, I like the story of Ed Mitnick and, and the whole behind-the-scenes with, with the hacker, and I just... I Every page with six panels and, and, and breaking down, you know, the whole kind of documentary feel of the book. It, it's a fantastic book. If you haven't read it, if you haven't listened to the show we when, when we had Ed on, uh, do yourselves a favor. And I believe it's it may be available in the latest Humble Bundle that's still valid for a couple of days. Um, but by all means, get yourself some WYSIWYG if you have not read it yet. Cosign. Yep. Now, uh, just to reiterate uh, what you probably already know, there will be no gallery accompanying this episode, nor will yep. there be any show notes, because we want to maintain the suspense. We don't want to let the cat out of the proverbial bag. So you're going into this blind or deaf. Either way, you're not getting any clues to what we're going to pick. So my favorite new to me was the only thing that sprang to mind when I was doing my list here. It is a work that was originally published in French by the publisher that was not the same as the publisher under which I read it. It was written and illustrated by Mr. Matthew Bablet, published by Titan Comics. Dap and I talked about it at length um, as it was coming out. It's not finished. There's one, one more issue to come, but the four issues that were published of The Beautiful Death were impactful to the point where I had to vote for this because it just, I, I found it mesmerizing. The desolation on every page is um, breathtaking. Desolation can be breathtaking? Yeah, I think so. And um, I want to know how this thing ends because it's alternately bizarre and uh, captivating, uh, disturbing, and um, straight up enjoyable. So it's it the, the beautiful death. Respect. Yep. My favorite new to me, I'm going in a whole different direction this year. <laughs> My winner for favorite new to me is Mr. Carl Slaminski. Wow. The man, the myth, the legend. Uh, Carl, we met Carl in 2017 at heroes con and dude slayed some art for us at the show Big time. he was he was also incredibly cool as his his lovely girlfriend 
Jenna Lynn. Fiance and, now. What? Fiance now. Oh, true. Thank you. Thank you. Fiance now. Um, and I was so taken to, taken aback by him as a human being that we became fast friends on the internet. That led to me checking out his creator-owned work, which then led to me doing an interview with him on the site. But really, I mean, honestly, I could have just made this choice teeter-topple, which is he's done a bunch of projects on his own, but teeter-topple is really the 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 work of his of his his passion project. It's an eighty page original graphic novel, which I gushed about uh, after Heroes when I I read it. I think Carl has incredible artistic chops. Um, he is one of the um, I think one of the spiritual love childs of uh, of Sienkiewicz, and I think he's a fantastic storyteller. Um, I'm excited for him. He's got two or three projects um in the can ready to come out this year and uh yeah it's just one of those things like i i, I enjoyed meeting, getting to know him as a as a friend as a person um i'm obsessed with getting art from him he just did a moby dick for for me that uh is absolutely jaw on the floor amazing um and on top of it i think he's a one hell of a good storyteller so my new to me this year f the categories it's it's our rules we get to make we, it's our game we get to make the rules sure. carl slaminski isn't he also giving Teeter Topple away in February? For yes, free? he Next is. Month he's, for his he's birthday. putting out a new version online for free with all of the back matter, liner notes, scripts, everything. He's he's he is going to in in the interview that I did with him. He he discusses how Teeter Topple ne- almost never saw the light of day because it's hard out here for a an indie creator, right? It is. It's it's hard to to get noticed, and um, I think he is embracing the model that, that some others have embraced where he's going to put his work out there for, for consumption with the hope that just having it out there is going to ultimately be what's, what's great for his career. Right. We've seen it work with, uh, you know, Ryan Brown and, and, and Daniel Warren Johnson. And I think he's going to say, you know what, I'm proud of this book. Other people that have seen it, love it. And I'm going to just try and put it out there for everybody to see so that it helps raise my profile so that the next stuff that I'm doing maybe gets, you know, some more shine. And I think it will work. Because I love that book. Yeah. I think it's going to get a lot of traction because what's better than giving someone a masterful graphic novel for free? Word of mouth, he said to she said to he said. It's going to get around. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if a certain book, which we'll get to, didn't come out this year, which I had to make my favorite OGN, I just couldn't not. Um, Peter Topple was definitely right under it for consideration for me. There you go. Uh, I think Peter Topple is going to be a favorite new to me for a lot of people next year. Cool. I hope so. Cool. All right. All right, Vince, you're up. Yeah. The first little bit of evidence that Jason throws me no love when he decides mm. who goes first on these. Um, <laughs> this category is, is the uh, biggest news of the year. And with 4% of the votes in third place, CB Sabolsky replaces Axel Alonso. Second place with 16% of the votes. Disney buys the Fox assets. And in numero uno, with a massive Massive. 55% of the votes, it's Brian Michael Bendis goes to DC. I think this may be one of the rare instances when I picked the number one vote getter (laughs) because I, too 
voted for Brian Michael Bendis goes to DC as the biggest news of 2017. What did Jason say? I don't know. You would think he'd be looking at the spreadsheets. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was looking at the wrong. Um, I, I'm just looking at the wrong. Get the Deanna art. Relax, everybody. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the correct answer in terms of significance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The biggest news of the year, most certainly, was Disney buying the Fox assets. Oh. Biggest media merger, arguably, in history. It's going to bring even more of the Marvel characters we've come to love under the same umbrella. Won't be long before we start seeing Domino side by side with Link. It's going to make me all kinds of giddy. Going to happen somehow, some way. And uh, no, I mean your your guys your guys' choice is obviously excellent as well. But I I, I do think this is gonna this is gonna be interesting because you know in particular with with selfishly does this mean that we do we get the Fantastic Four back in comics and do we get a, a do we finally get an awesome Fantastic Four movie after three failed attempts? So one never knows. I'd settle for a regular Fantastic Four comic. Oh, yeah. Mm, sure. Yep. Uh, this is one of the times this evening where the two of us uh, logically see eye to eye. I also went with Bendis at DC. It's not that it was, and it's specifically that Bendis is at DC. It's not that Bendis left Marvel because, you know, if, if Bendis were to leave Marvel and go back to Image or, you know, if Oni were to give him an imprint, Bendis could go absolutely anywhere. And and aside from, you know, kind of writing one Batman story a few years ago, um, Bendis and DC really weren't something you, you think you'd see anytime soon. And the fact that uh, it is actually happening. Uh, it is a... Uh, what is going on? I, I, I dropped my bottle opener. Sorry. Jesus. Bottle <laughs> opener on the jug? Uh, no, it, it's... It, that was pretty much... Even if I had anything to... Um, that would have been in consideration before that news, it, it was... Um, it, it would not have mattered. It, that That's... That is one of my favorite pieces of news, but for me, it is the uh, it's because I mean we've seen mergers before. We've seen, I mean we had Disney buying Marvel, Disney buying Star Wars. It's it's not that you know we've seen Disney gobble up other companies and 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 yes, this is I mean the the mind starts to reel with with, with possibilities, but um, as as exciting as the news is, it um, it doesn't kind of. We salivate as much as Bendis at DC does. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, uh, up next, favorite character or characters? Uh, coming in in the third spot with the listeners, with 5% of the vote, the cast of Deadly Class. Coming in just ahead of it with uh, 5%, but just a smidge more, uh, was Batman himself, the Dark Knight. And edging out for first place and the favorite characters of a listenership with 6% of the vote. It is the cast of black hammer. Wow. That's amazing to me. That is. Yeah. 
And my choice for my favorite set of characters this year is also um, the cast of Deadly Class. I love that book, as you all know. I think that the decision to bring in a second class, a new class, and intermingle them with the uh, survivors of the first class has been terrific. It's been seamless. It's given new life to the book. Not that the book needed new life. And I think this is going to be one of those groups of characters that is going to be transcendent because, as we know, the Russo brothers, who, uh, the directors behind the Captain America films, uh, are now behind the sci-fi channel's um, TV version of Deadly Class, which will be coming out in the fall. And uh, so I suspect or at least hope it will be a hit. And if it is, a lot of people know the names like Marcus and Saya and Victor in the future. But uh, but right now, while they're still a small garage band and uh, only our hardcore readers know who they are, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim some some love and ownership for them for at least one more year. Excellent. Uh, yeah, there's there's there is a lot to love with uh, the cast of Deadly Class, and it's they were definitely in the running for me. But when I think about as I was going through everything that, that I've, I've read this year, and there were a few books, a few characters that I always seemed to go back to. And the most fun I had, especially now that he's, you know, we, we had a return uh, in 2016, uh, the 2017, especially with the introduction of, of, of another title with this cra- with this cast basically it's a superman family it's clark lois and john uh were, were the characters that most often brought a a smile to my face um specifically under the pen of peter tomasi but overall um it's uh, it, it's not news at this point where i'm i'm happy to have this superman back and uh mingling with this post-rebirth DC universe, but, uh, and along with a particular other character that we'll get to in a little while, but yeah, no, it's, it's really, it's, it's the Kents for me, as far as my, my favorite set of characters. I will have further commentary on that when we get to the best or fate, sorry, favorite single issue in one shot. Beautiful. Yeah. I uh, believe that this is the fourth year in a row. Jason can check the votes. But I, th- I think, I'm pretty sure, that I voted for the cast of the Valiant Universe as, as my favorite cast of characters. Yep, the entire cast of the Valiant Universe. Are including my, Faith. Including Faith. I like Faith a lot. Are, are, are my favorite. Like. They are my favorite group of characters. They really Ninja, are. Ninjack, Bloodshot, Rai, uh, Quantum Secret Woody, Secret Weapons. Uh, it's Month in, month out, I, I just relish the fact that I get more Valiant in my hands. The Britannia was amazing. I love these characters. And Kaziki can shut his mouth. Yes, he can. He yep. can. Beautiful. Up next, favorite, digital first or webcomic uh, at 6%. And in third place for the listeners is a 
long-running favorite, Menage 3, uh, soon to be published by Udon. Uh, 8% gives you in second place Injustice 2. And listeners, first place, and rightfully so, um, as angrily as it may be, mm-hmm. Lil Donnie by Mr. Mike Norton at 15%. Uh, it is, it's, it's kind of bittersweet to say that it is just deserved. It's, um, and it is, it's because of that, as I, I, I love Mike dearly, I support him every chance I get. I cannot pick it for my favorite this year because of the subject matter. It, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad it's, it's a vehicle. It's an outlet for him. It's, it's sad that it, it, it has to be, but, um, I respect the work he's doing. I, I laugh at it. I, I share it every chance I get. It is definitely deserved. Um, and one of us did pick it. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with not having it. And, uh, it was, it was the only thing that could have toppled my favorite, which of course, again, is Menage three because you have DD <laughs> as a wrestler, you have Z in the band and, and, and the troubles with that. It's just, I mean, the cast has grown. Um, it's still funny. It's still beautifully drawn. Uh, Giselle is still an amazing talent and, and I'm happy that, uh, she's continuing to work in it now. Um, you will get it. Uh, you'll be able to order it from previews from your LCS. Uh, it's, it's still just one of my, one of the few web comics I continue to read. So that is yet again, my pick for my favorite digital first slash web comic of 2017. Unlike the last category, I did not reiterate my vote for the past couple of years. I, I too, like Dap, have gone with Menaja 3. I worship at the altar of Ms. Legacy. She's an amazing talent. And uh, I enjoy the way she draws both men and women in compromising situations. Yes. Um, but I did not drag that along from last year. This year I went with something different because other than Menaja 3, it is the only web comic that I read. I, as an artist, appreciate catharsis and working through one's demons, no matter how unsavory the subject matter may be. So I got to give it up to Mr. Mike Norton for uh, Little Donnie, because it's very important to voice one's um, opinion, purge one's soul in artistic ways and not vocal or violent ways, um, un- unhealthy ways. This is a very, very healthy, very purging way to kind of maybe take the sting out of the wound, so to speak. So I'm glad he's doing it. It's funny as hell. It's equally disturbing because it's true, most of it. And um, I give it up to Mike. It's, and it's drawn in a style unlike most of his things. Mike's a chameleon. He can switch it up. He is. He is very much a chameleon. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like this style a lot. It's, it's a, mm-hmm. a bit more loose, a bit more free than his usual stuff, which is you know, saying a lot. And a mm-hmm. big, big hug to, to Mr. Norton. Cool. 
Well, um, I'm, you, you said it so well, I'm not going to belabor it. I also chose Lil Donnie. And like you both, I must admit, embarrassingly to a point, I don't read many web comics. More often than not, I will binge on a web series. It's been out for a while if someone turns us on to it. Um, other than uh, Giselle, um, really, that's the only one I read on the on a regular basis. I did read Space Mullet on a regular basis, and um, and yeah, I, I Lil Donnie is the first webcomic other than Giselle's that I have kept up with, and and I'm with Vince. To me, laughter is the best medicine, um, and we won't get in a big political diatribe here, but but uh, but yeah, it just to me, it just hit. It just was like a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down on a lot of uh, days this past year or so. So it was also my choice. Yes. Well, looky here. I'm up next with the favorite single issue forward slash one shot. Yeah, you is. The listeners have spoken and there is one name that dominates. Oh, my God. It's crazy. All three iterations of this category. And we should we should preempt by saying that this guy is about to go on a a big run. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the rest of the night. He's yeah. about to have his moments. Rightly so. If yeah. there was anyone here who massively deserves all the accolades uh, hoisted upon them, foisted, yeah, it's Mr. Tom King, who wrote Batman number 37, which in third place received 5% of the votes. In second place, with a massive 20% of the votes, is Batman Elmer Fudd Special, which was awesome. And I don't know, I think the number one has a 2018 cover date. It does, but it did come out in, um, because of when it was, when it was released, just because cover dates are always three months in advance. So this did come out, I believe, in December. It did, yeah. Well, in first place, just squeaking by the Batman Elmer Fudd special with 21% of the votes, it's Batman Annual number two. Goddamn. Hat tip to Tom King. Crazy. Um, Hat tip and hat trick. Yeah. It's true. I also gave the nod to Mr. Tom King because I thought Batman number 37 was one of the more memorable well, it was the most memorable single issue I read in 2017. And to piggyback on what Mr. Price said, it's awesome to see this version of Superman mingling with um, the DC Universe, but the way Mr. King writes it, it's our Superman. It is, yeah. He's not putting on airs. He's not explaining away how this Superman is being pals. And he uses that word specifically throughout both 36 and 37. Hey, pal. My old pal. He's my best friend. This is Superman and Batman. It's, there's, mm-hmm. there's, it's an unpretentious throwback to World's Finest. Yes. And exactly. I, I, I loved it. Um, I don't think... As it's hard for a woman to outshine um, Selena, but you put Lois in the cat suit, <laughs> and hot damn if she didn't do that. Yeah. But it, it's just it's just a fun issue. If you haven't read it, it's it's Clark and Bruce and Selena and Lois go to a carnival, and the things that spiral out of their 
appearance at the carnival, which in order to get in, you had to wear a superhero costume. And so they switch costumes. Bruce wears the S, which stands for hope. And Clark wears the bat, which stands for the bat. (laughs) It was great. It is. Yeah. Like Jason said, we read a ton of comics every year. And if you bubble to the top and make us remember what you wrote for for more than a week or two, then you're doing something right. So uh, Mr. Tom King definitely did something right. I... um... I, uh, I'm next, and I have to say uh, again, Vince uh, is just just uh, he's like my lead blocker here. I I also chose Batman number thirty seven. Uh, I have far less experience with Batman and Superman than my brothers do. Uh, although at this point, I've read a lot of at least a lot of Batman. I've read a lot of Batman, but um, but yeah, I, I you know a couple weeks ago when this came out, I, I we all talked about it. I just thought this was fantastic. Every page just tickled me to no end. It's just something you don't see very often. Um, you know, you, you see with other characters sometimes those human moments. Of course, the, the Claremont baseball games with the X Men, things like that. But you just don't ever see Bruce and 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 Clark and Clark be buddies uh, and be human. And that's what this issue was all about. And uh, so, also shout out by the way to Clay Man. We don't. I don't want to sell him short. I mean, right. it was his visuals that oh, brought the Clay issue to life. I know this is a. Tom King coronation um, category because he wrote all three of the listeners' choices and, and David and I mean and uh, Vince and my choice here for our favorite but but uh, Clay Mann did a phenomenal job um, uh, illustrating the issue but yeah I, I'm with you Vince to, to me Batman number thirty seven was just one of those um, issues and the thing about it is when you're talking about an ongoing book like that and we all very much are enjoying Batman as a series um, this just seemed such a perfect fit for this category because this and a few other issues um, were standalone. I mean, you could just read, this is one of those issues, you could just tell people, hey, I know you're not reading Batman these days, but just pick that issue up. You don't need to have read the five before it, and you don't need to read the next one. You could just read this issue, and it's fully enjoyable for what it is. And to me, that's the ultimate definition of what should should be in consideration for this particular category. Agreed, agreed. Uh, 37 was awfully close to being my pick it, it came down to to kind of nitpicking uh why i went with mine which was batman number 36 nice um batman number 36 i pretty much regurgitated the entire issue to my wife on the drive home from work and and I, you know page by page panel by panel i loved the way the issue was laid out with everybody with each couple having a very similar conversation with their significant other and the way it played out and the way, I mean, from the beginning of the issue, when Clark, when Superman is flying and he's above the train and then a couple pages later, Batman is pretty much in the exact same position reversed over the city skyline. It, it just, everything. I I love the way they mirrored and echoed each other and, and the way it ended with, with, with the whole elevator scene was fabulous. It was absolutely uh, my favorite issue this year. There, there were, there were little things as, as I started to scrutinize why uh, 37 didn't beat it. But uh, when you look at them as a whole, uh, it's, they're fantastic. And, you know, and 36, when it ends, you could kind of 
and there because then, then you can just let your mind wander for where it goes. But but obviously thirty seven is is where they decide to go at the end of thirty six. So um, thirty seven is a great standalone issue, as the guys mentioned. But uh, when when I think about the highlights and 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 what Tom did with these two characters and and the way Seth and Clay, way Clay Man and, and Seth Man put it on the page to to, to present it. Uh, it, it was it was practically flawless. It it was uh, it it was a beautiful issue, beautiful story. Uh, seeing it because you know even though he's Batman and you know you're pretty sure he's sure of himself, uh, kind of isn't. And and you have Selena there uh, being a soundboard and wondering you know if if Bruce isn't going forward because you know he's he's ashamed. They're embarrassed. Uh, and and you have Lois putting uh, putting it out there but basically just being blunt with Clark as she usually is as as far as you know why why Batman may need him and and why he needs Batman it's just it was is fabulous way of 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 showing the inner workings of what's going on in inside each each of their heads and uh the introduction between Selena and Lois it just it it, it was a fantastic issue and and I absolutely adore it yeah, the the crazy thing about it is, even though the two issues are called Super Friends, yep, and it appears in a Batman book, the focus is not Batman and Superman. The focus is on Selina and Lois. Yeah, yes. yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yep. I I thought that was a nice little sneaky bit of table turning on Mr. Yeah. King's part. And just to put a finer point on how much this is a a route for Tom in this category. Um, of the few hundred disparate voters we had, um, I believe that Tom King written issues encompassed more than sixty percent of the vote in this category. Fantastic, and it included the it included the Elmer Fudd, the annual Batman's thirty six thirty seven, the ones we've talked about. It also included the uh, the issue with uh, Jesus. Someone's half sound effects aplenty tonight. Um, uh, it also included the issue that he did with Mitch. Um, on, oh, on the swamp thing, yeah, um, and and two issues of Mister Miracle were nominated. So so just an incredible dominant dominance in a category you, you rarely see at that level. Okay, up next though uh, is is the favorite breakout performers of the year, and I will say this is a category I always find interesting because I do feel like there's a bit of a time shift each year when I look back on the uh, listener votes versus our votes. We rarely have overlap with the audience in this particular category, and I think it's because the I think the way that the general listenership perceives breakout is often a year or two after we may have perceived someone who have broken out. And I think you'll see that in at least two of the three selections by the listener. So um, their third place choice with 12 percent of the vote was Tom King. And to <laughs> me, this was when Tom went from established writer to superstar yeah which to me doesn't count as a breakout no tom broke out <laughs> a, a couple year years ago. ago yeah two years ago whenever the vision came out whether it was, I forget, it was last year or the year before whether it was 15 or 16 whatever that was i think that was his breakout but cool but the audience differs so that's cool uh 12 tom king uh in second place which i think of the three choices is the one that certainly would qualify by our definition as a 2017 breakout mr donny cates what? who got 16 percent of the vote and wrote a bunch of of both uh, big two and independent books this year. 
straddling the fence nicely. And then with 20% of the vote, the listener's choice for breakout performer of the year, Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson. And I will say that, that I understand that vote a little more because of extremity. I feel Daniel probably did become on the map of the mainstream this year. Um, but I have to say, I didn't even consider him because we've been talking about the WJ for years now. Yes. Um, but I do think, I mean, it's a perfectly reasonable choice. I, I, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I think that's a perfectly reasonable choice. Um, my choice for breakout performer um, is someone who truly did do their first published comic work in 2017. And that is Miss uh, Emil Ferris. Nice. Uh, Emil is um, a 55-year-old first-timer, which you don't see very often, and is a reminder that it's never too late to pursue your artistic dreams. You hear me, Vince? Um, whoa, 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 that? <laughs> I said it's never too late. I heard you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, so Emil um, is the uh, writer and cartoonist for My Favorite Thing is Monsters. She won the Ignatz Award for Outstanding Graphic Novel and the Ignatz Award for Outstanding Artist this year for the book. A very critically acclaimed OGN. Uh, and her story is fascinating. She she um, went to an art school and has been a professional artist for much of her life. And in 2001, at the age of 40, she contracted West Nile yeah. and was in the hospital for a long time and was partially paralyzed from the waist down and um, and her right side of her, her, tor- her upper body, which was her drawing hand. So she lost the ability to... Um, illustrate which was her passion and through pure force of will she retrained herself how to draw and she began creating the inklings of the of the story that would then become my favorite thing my favorite thing is monsters and so uh so for me the idea that she could put out a 400 plus page ogn of that critical acclaim as her first work for the world is just, it's, it's humbling. Um, and I just love the fact that she did it under those circumstances. And again, at the, at the ripe old age of 55. So, um, so my hat tip to her and, uh, Emil Ferris is, uh, likely, even if we do these awards for another 20 years, likely to be the oldest recipient of this breakout performer award, um, in our history. Nice. That's a good one. Okay, uh, mine is um, is really the one that kind of of everything that I read this past year really kind of just emphasizes the the breakout performer aspect as as you mentioned in in uh, the rundown for the listeners. Uh, I went with our um, with. Who sixty percent of our listeners voted for? For me, it was Donnie Cates. I mean, I I, I enjoyed Ghost Fleet a lot. Um, the uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the hell out of Doctor Strange right now. Um, he's starting off strong with uh, on Thanos, and and on Thanos he's joined by Jeff Shaw, who did amazing work. On God Country, which of course was also written by Donnie. I think they make a great team, and God Country was one of my favorite stories this past year. Uh, so yeah, my, my breakout performer, who I hope to see many good things from in 2018, is Mr. Donnie Cates. 
Hmm. Well, tongue planted firmly in cheek. I'm going to say you're all wrong. Mm-hmm. No, no, by all means, pick somebody who's been drawn for 20 years. Yes. <laughs> he has I love these overnight sensations. He, he has these been. He has been. But when have you ever seen him produce a work of such mastery as Maestro's? The answer, you haven't. Because he went from almost zero to light speed, Mr. Yeah. Steve Scrosi. It's a good pick. He wowed us with that first issue of Maestro's. Came out of nowhere, and for the following two issues, he has done the same. Nobody made me stand up and take notice like Steve Scrosi in 2017. So that's why I went with him. Well, respect it. Who can, who can fault you? Right, regardless. Except for Dak, apparently. Well, yeah. he yeah. always so. does. He always does. You said that, but I, but yeah, it's just me though. It is just you. <sighs> your favorite colorist, people. Your favorite colors of 2017. In 10%, third place, Mr. Dave Stewart, with 14%. And your second place winner is Mr. Matthew Wilson. And first place, who, if it's not her, it would probably be Dave Stewart, is <laughs> Jordy Belair at 22%. I went with Matthew Wilson because when I look over everything that I've read again this past year, the books that I enjoyed and one that I didn't, he colored. I Going back with Black Widow from earlier in the year, uh, he's still sticking with Somni, coloring Captain America. He's doing a phenomenal job over Cliff Chang on Paper Girls, uh, over Dowderman and Company on Thor, the Mighty Thor, Quapel on the Unworthy Thor, um, the few issues of Black Cloud that I've enjoyed, he's colored, and he was probably the only bright spot on uh, the recent Punisher run uh, that uh, was written by Becky Cloonan, um, at least as far as the post-Steve Dillon pages go. But yeah, it's, it's Matthew Wilson for my favorite color artist of the year. Cool. I gave uh, my award to the favorite color artist to a man for not a voluminous amount of work, but superb quality work. Mm-hmm. Most notable, my, my, my other choice, my backup. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Most notably, his work on Deadly Class, but even better than that, in my mind, is his color art uh, accompanying Joe Infernari's work on evolution i gave it to what what did you say Hmm? did we lose that what's he doing he's typing that did we lose him i don't know i gave it to jordan boyd because he's awesome nice i love adore the work He's doing yep. on, on evolution. Uh, it's just all kinds of disturbing, and and it, I think it perfectly accompanies the uh, the dark uh, dealings going on. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I uh, I think he's awesome. We met him a few years back at Heroes when he was tabling with Gabriel and Karina because he was coloring their um, their book um, at the time. Um, 
Invisible Republic. But uh, no, I'm with you. I thought he was definitely one of the one of the the choices to consider this year. Um, I ultimately went with Dap's choice, which is Matt Wilson. Um, Matt is prolific for sure. Um, he also colored books like Paper Girls and The Mighty Thor, which were among my favorites this year. Um, I also had the chance to meet him this year, and he actually colored a jam piece of mine. So that put him over the top over Jordan because Jordan was too busy to color one of my jam pieces. So there. So I'm I'm, I'm all about grift about payola, people. <laughs> you are. Like you need it. For sure. Yeah. Did we well, lose that? Because he's not talking. No, he's still in the the uh, the list here. Well, he's not speaking. I don't know why. Well, he's third in this next category, so why don't you go ahead and keep us rolling. Hopefully okay. he'll pop back in. Okay. Jason does me, I think, the one and only solid in, in the entire list by giving me the category of favorite all-ages comic. What? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Depp says, what the hell? Um, the, v, the listeners, there was a tie for third place, which is uh, one DC superhero girls with 6% of the vote and Super Sons with 6% of the vote. I guess that goes for third and second place, yes? Yeah, tied for second, yep. Okay. And the number one vote-getter for favorite all-ages comic is Greg Pox. Mech Cadet U with uh, 10% of the votes. Mm-hmm. Now, I changed my vote because I originally gave it to Mickey Mouse, A Mysterious Melody, or How Mickey Met Minnie, but I thought about it a little while, and I still kept it in the Disney camp. Okay. But I instead threw the honor to IDW, of course, with Uncle Scrooge. Mm. Most notably because of the work of Giorgio Cavazzano. I love this guy's work. And you get some Dan Yips and uh, and, and others. You know, it, it ranges from... It's from all over the world that they, they pull these Disney-based stories from. And it's just amazing. I think the production values are astounding. We get work that we have seldom or never uh, seen in the States. If, if you like um, Disney and or funny animal comics or just plain great cartooning, you should check out not only Uncle Scrooge, but all of IDW's Disney books. They're, they are very, very good. Nice. Um, my choice is one that um, I didn't think about for long. I remember reading this back in the spring and thinking at the time that it was going to be hard to displace in this category. Um, although I did read some other things over the course of the year that were worthy of consideration. Uh, my initial instincts were correct. Nothing displaced it from its spot. And that is from no brow. Miss Lorena Alvarez's nightlights. Um, you all may recall that this was the graphic novel um, that involved a little girl who um, whose drawings would come to life. 
And uh, the art in that book is just breathtaking. Um, I likened it to Little Nemo in Dreamland meets Willy Wonka with a dash of psychedelic uh, like horror house, um, haunted house type of thing. It, it's 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 mesmerizing. It's wonderful, and um, and it was written for. It was a Junior Library Guild award winner this year. Um, and I, I can't recommend it enough. And the fact that you can get this beautiful painted hardcover for only 13 bucks right now from Amazon is stupid. And you should do so if you haven't already. I, uh, my old age, it was, there really weren't too many. Um, I'm still presently reading, uh, adventure time, regular show. So I, I can't put that as a, as a contender. So I went with uh, basically with what um, with what our listeners went with uh, for me for this year. Um, Greg Pax, uh, Mech Cadet U. I, I enjoyed that a lot, and um, I'm looking forward to more. It, it's it's a fun book. It's illustrated well. Uh, I dig the characters. It's um, it it with everything else that I read. It, it's one of the few things that that really I think is all ages and and that just it it's kind of perfect for uh for me for this particular category of course right on right on okay so next up is our favorite cover artist and this is a strange category for me these days i have i struggle with this these days i think it's because you know when we were cue the old man rant when we were younger and we were going to the store and buying stuff off the shelf. The, the cover was what hooked you. If it wasn't something already on your list, the cover would appeal. You'd, you'd see the cover and you'd pick it up. And oftentimes the cover told you a story. Believe it or not, young folks, there were even word balloons on covers back in the day. Um, these days, I, I don't pay much attention to covers, I have to be honest with you. I don't. The, the way this tends to work for me is I'll, I'll go back and I'll look at like our cover gallery that Vince does and, and cover browser on the web. And, and um, I'll just try and see if I can remember certain covers and, and then choose. It's, it's rare that I just have someone in mind pretty much since James Jean stopped doing comic book covers. It's been much harder. Um, but, uh, but our audience wasn't as, as indecisive um, with 5% of the vote in third place was Mr. Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh in six, uh, rather in second place with six percent of the vote, uh, Julian Totino Tedesco, who is a new name in our in our Oklaskers, uh, and in thirteen uh, with thirteen percent in first place, the listener's choice for favorite cover artist of the year, Mr. Nick Darrington. Nice, uh, perhaps best known this year for his covers on Tom and Mitch's Mr. Miracle series. So, and those are great covers. So I, I, I can't front on, on that. Um, oh, and his Doom Patrol covers too. Oh, okay, cool. I, there you go. I didn't realize he did those as well. But um, my choice um, for favorite cover artist was someone who in the past has received my award for favorite artist. And that is Mr. Wes Craig for his covers. Um, although he, he did the Gravediggers Union covers as well. I, I mean, I'm, I'm mainly giving him this award for his covers on Deadly Class, which continues to be one of my favorite books, and I find the graphic nature of his covers to leave an impression with me, unlike many other covers these days. So, Wes Craig gets my love. 
I like it. Um, yeah, l- like you, it's either the covers don't impress me a whole lot. I mean, I'll see them in in previews, but that's not why I'm buying the book. I, I don't yeah. buy books for covers anymore. Um, I a lot of times the cover is just a pinup or it's just there to to look pretty. Um, doesn't really entice you to kind of buy the book. It doesn't, it may not have anything to do with what's going on inside. Uh, or they're just, um, there to be, you know, promo images for something else. However, there's one artist who I kind of really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to, uh, until I started going over the books that I did read this year and saw some of the covers and, and actually Vince mentioned the cover for a book, uh, a limited series that we all read recently because the cover had word balloons on it. And, and, and I went and I looked and Dan Mora actually did a lot of covers. Some yes, were variants, but did a lot of covers for some of the books that I read this year. Um, Spirits of Vengeance, uh, Teen Titans, Titans. The back row covers are amazing, and he compliments Wild Goose's style nicely. Uh, a lot of WWE stuff by from from Boom that I'm, I'm not reading, but I, I, I like the looks of the covers. Um, All the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, he's 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 done covers for for Big Two and and for some indies, but uh, I like the style. It it in some cases it can kind of be the first panel of the comic so so i definitely appreciate that it's not it's not overly painted it's not it it it's not doesn't look like you know it should be a gimmick cover uh it it's just it's it's an appealing and in some cases an enticing cover when when i see and and i will be looking for um not great I, I don't know what his interiors might look like but as far as, as his cover work, I, I'm very impressed with uh, with Dan Moore. So I, I kind of, um, considering all the books that I read this year, and the artist that, that kind of stood out to me, and, and I, I, I did like Nick's covers uh, on many Mr. Miracle issues. Uh, I like Mitch's variant covers for the same series. But uh, yeah, I think pound for pound, what, the covers that I've enjoyed the most, uh, I found out later, were by... Dan Mora. Coolio. I had a runner-up in this category. Mm. Yes. Chris Pacello for his work on Doctor Strange. I think the covers are amazing. Yeah. The no, covers are true. fantastic. You're absolutely they right. They are. You're right. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think of that when I was doing my battle. Because how many, choice, yeah. how many came out, how many of, of his Doctor Stranges came out in 20, because I know that But he, he kept doing Aaron, the covers though, right? I No, I thought Nico did the covers. Because oh, okay. Mora did a couple of variant covers, so I, th- I don't know if, if Chris took he did a bunch covers, of but anyway, I mean, yeah, no, he did, yeah, yeah. But I didn't go with Mr. Bocello. I instead went with Mabu for his work on the all-time comics from Fanagraphics and the Bayer Brothers, and his variant covers for Andrew McLean's Headlopper, Mr. Ben Mara. Mm-hmm. There's no looking away. When Ben Mara is on the cover, just encapsulates everything I want to see on a comic book cover. No I, argument. I adore his stuff. 
another 2017 guest of the show. Yes. What do you have for guests? David, why don't you take the next uh, category, which is favorite horror comic? Want me to take the favorite horror comic? I think you should. Why don't you take the favorite horror comic? I I think I'm going to take the favorite horror comic because in third place at 6%, you have The Walking Dead. 9%, the image book in second place, Redlands. Uh, And in first place by the listeners, with 70% of the votes, Harrow County, and that is uh, very well deserved. I am, unfortunately, woefully behind on Harrow County, so I could not make it my favorite horror book of the year. Um, It was very close um, because I thought about joining some of our listeners and having The Walking Dead. But there was one that I kind of got a bigger kick out of. Um, It's it looks great as well, but um, maybe around Gulls Jr.'s uh, Namwolf uh, that um, I came across at Heroes and then read Post Heroes, but that was um, it. I don't know if I could kind of, it, it may not be a horror comic in a traditional sense, but it was still, um, it, it was, I think definitely kind of falls in that genre. I got a kick out of it, and that's why I went with it. It's a good book. It is. But there was no question in my mind who would get this. When you say horror, I say Richard Corbin. Mm-hmm. And uh, 36 pages, cover to cover, no ads, written and illustrated by Mr. Richard Corbin, an anthology published by Dark Horse, featuring Mag the Hag and her buddy Gurgi Tate. It is Shadows on the Grave, and it is amazing disturbing it's richard corbin like do i have to explain why this book is good i don't think so nah um real talk i joked to call david a biter on his uh sheet because i i was very close to choosing nam wolf uh as well (laughs) by fabian uh ron hell jr um and i have to say um a lot of years our audience has thrown walking dead into their top three and i've thought it was a lazy choice <laughs> but this year i think it was deserving um dap and i have talked about walking dead a lot this year probably more than we had ever before um, i do think it's back to a, a very solid creative renaissance if you will but it didn't go with it um i i went with something which some of you may may hear and think it's not a horror book but i did ask my booze if they agreed with me it was a horror book and they did or at least no i dap, did at least dap did and i presume yeah. because of the book I'm about to say, I'm sure Vince wouldn't take issue with me giving love to this book, regardless of what category I chose it in, because he is the he's the the he's the one that's responsible for us reading this book in the first place. Written by Mr. Zach Thomas and Lonnie Nadler, with uh, art by uh, a, a true gentleman and a scholar and a listener, Mr. Eric Zawadzki, with colors by D. Kuniff from Black Mask Studios. I am talking about the dregs. Hmm. And the dregs, to me, um, you could also just as easily put this into a mystery or suspense book. Um, For those that uh, need a reminder, this is a story in the near future where the homeless population is essentially um, corralled into a small area of the city called the dregs. 
and people start disappearing. And so a, uh, a homeless guy that uh, has got a hankering for being a detective tries to figure out what's going on. And, uh, and let's just say what is going on is pretty nasty stuff. Um, and I thought it was a, a fantastic debut for all of those creators on a lot of levels. And again, kudos to Vince for turning us on to the book. Um, my only nitpick for you guys listening is uh, when I'm looking at your website, uh, I see about a thousand pull quotes on how great the book is and nary a single pull quote from EFC. <laughs> so we're more than happy to allow you to use our pull quotes um, if you if you need permission. But uh, no, so my favorite horror book cheating or not is the dregs so vince while we've got you do, do you are you are you okay with me choosing it as a horror book of course yeah. okay well cannibalism cannibalism is very horrific that's what i'm saying right. all right cool i'm up well that uh yes you are one of my favorites yes our favorite Shelf collected porn. slash reprint comic everything old is new again in this category and with 5% of the votes in third place, it's Jack Kirby's Mr. Miracle Omnibus. Very timely. In second place, with 6% of the tally, is Jack Kirby's Fourth World Omnibus. And destroying the streak with 7%, it's the Akira Deluxe box set. I can't front on any of these. They're all good choices. But since we were picking favorite, I went with my heart, and uh, I had to go with the recent repackaging in an upscale hardcover format of one of my all-time favorite stories. And that's Doug Munch and Mike Plug's Terror on the Planet of the Apes. It was reprinted um, in the Planet of the Apes Archive Volume 1 from Boom. It's a great book. It lays it all out from beginning to end when you get uh, Mr. Tom Sutton and Herb Trimpey taking over the artistic chores from Mr. Plug. It's a masterwork, and I'm glad to have it in this format. So it's my choice. Uh, and and perfectly perfectly said as uh, as your favorite because it uh, it did warm your heart. Um, I uh, I'm in agreement with the audience on this one. The Akira 35th anniversary box set is everything I need and want in to fill my collector itch. It is a massive custom built box with beautiful tomes of each work with matching trade dress color coded with a ton of additional material and ephemera included. It's, it's true. It's true. It's a trophy. It's a trophy for the shelf so much so that I did a unboxing video, a 10 minute unboxing video for patrons this year about it or in last year about it. Um, so that was, that was my choice right on audience. Uh, this was another one I was kind of flip-flopping on, and, and I think I've uh, changed my mind yet again. Thanks. Thinking about why... Flip-flop. Uh, yeah. Um, while, yes, it's true, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of cheating, breaking my own rule. I did not finish reading it. I've barely started it. Um, but because it, it is a, a massive, gorgeous 
uh, reprints and collection of collected editions. Uh, I, too, am going to join the audience and my co-host Jason with the Akira 35th anniversary box set. Hmm. Didn't see that coming. No, I know you didn't. Um, and and it's like I said, it, it's um, I wasn't planning on doing it. Uh, what I had picked on there, um, I've I've double dipped. I, I have all six issues right next to the hardcover, which is a beautiful hardcover. I like the spot monitor on the dust jacket. I like the uh, underneath the dust jacket. I like the cover on that. But um, as as great as I enjoy the nail and another nail, um, it's it's still if you want to call Alan Davis and Mark Farmer are just, it's still just a reprint. Whereas uh, the, the box set is pretty much perfection in, in a, in a massive box. So mm-hmm. there you go. Right on. Okay. So up next is favorite anthology and man, do I love me some anthologies. Love, love the anthology. Wish anthologies were a bigger commercial success in the U.S. like they are in places like Japan. But uh, that's a discussion for another day. Um, and we had quite a few to choose from this year. Sometimes it's there's one or two that seemingly get most of the attention. This year there was a, a wide swath of, uh, of choices. Uh, our audience weighs in with their third place choice with 7% of the vote. Um, the singular named annual. With 10% of the vote and in second place, a distinctly different offering, something that comes out pretty regularly, but but uh, according to Vince, damn right it's an anthology. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. not the only one who says it is. 2000 AD. Yes. So so some prog love from our audience. Love it. I'm sure that makes all our fellow our our, our, our peoples like 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 Tony and Mark from across the pond very happy. Uh, and and in, and one I admit I have I own it, but I have not read it yet. Uh, the, the, the top choice from the audience with 15% of the vote, the DC Universe Holiday Special. Uh, it, it may well be deserving. I, I have it sitting in my Regina pile, but I have not read it yet. Um, but you all seem to dig it. So in terms of who we shouted out, um, <laughs> y'all are stupid. Uh, I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I chose... Um, Love is Love, uh, officially by IDW, but one of the cool things about this is it was co-published by uh, IDW NDC. Yeah. It's an oversized um, graphic novel where um, it was to honor those people horrifyingly killed in the Orlando nightclub shootings. Um, and it was co-published with 100% of the proceeds going to the victims, um, the survivors and their families. So it would not only was, was a, a, a great book, but for a great cause. And, and there are dozens of, of massively impressive names attached so to the book, good. um, that I'm not going to run through for the sake of brevity, but I will say, uh, certainly Mark Andreco deserves a shout out because he organized the whole thing. And, um, the last thing I'll say about it is it's still available and it's only nine ninety nine. Retail price, so it's probably, I'm guessing, I haven't looked, but it's probably six bucks on in-stock trades, and you're getting a giant oversized anthology from some of the world's best comic creators for it, and it's for a good cause. So uh, my favorite anthology and favorite in big capital letters, love is love. I like it. That's, um, 
it is a it is a solid choice. It is definitely uh, one that was one I was considering. Um, I did, however, go with uh, Fantagraphics now. Um, kind of as far as the the, the escapist route, but it, it's um, I didn't read many anthologies this year. Uh, so it, it there wasn't a lot to choose from, but considering uh, what do you get between those two covers, um, got a lot of uh, you got some bang for your buck with now, and and uh, I'm looking forward to the second issue very soon. Wow, I rarely disagree with you, but I, I don't believe I have ever disagreed with you more. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll keep I mean, I don't. For the, for the, I, I don't know if I would have. I mean, maybe if I had read what right. you picked. No, we'll see, but no, but you don't. That's the thing. I went with my heart. Is it anybody surprised? As you're supposed to. That I picked Haunted Horror from Craig Yo and IDW is my favorite anthology. I reiterate it almost every time it comes out. I love it. Um, but yeah, let's let's just uh, let's just move on. What is the next yes. one, which is not me? It is not you. No. We are almost at the halfway mark, dogs. It is. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> really? Right? Almost. Well, we're, we're doing almost. a lot of narration this year, so maybe we need to tighten it up. All right. Um, no one's punchy yet. Favorite crime <laughs> slash Close. mystery comic. Um, this was another one. Yeah, there may not be a lot of narration on this one. Uh, Black Monday's mur- the Black Monday murders at seven percent in third place. Department H, thirteen percent at second place, and Kill or Be Killed, sadly, at first place with twenty four percent. This um, this is one where, again, had I stayed on top of reading certain books, I probably would have um, gone in some degree with the audience, but I didn't because one of the most, one of the favorite things I read all year, I came very, very close, except my man bounced before we did at New York comic-con almost bought a page from this series. Uh, still might. We'll see what happens. The year's young. Um, the black Monday murders. I had to remove from contention because we only had three issues this year. So, I went with a little thing. We probably talked about it on the show this year called Batman the Shadow. Wow. I love you and, so much. I take back. And I think, yeah, of course you do. I think someone else may talk a bit about this. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. It's a beautiful book. I thought Riley did an amazing, an amazing job. And, and uh, yeah, that's. Riley Rossmo. You're assuming everyone knows who you're talking about, but. I am, and they should. They should. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or they'll find out once Vince gets to it, in any case. So there you go. That's my picture yes. this year. Um, I'm in total agreement with my compatriot, Mr. Price. Batman the Shadow, The Murder Geniuses, written by Scott Snyder and Steve Orlando, illustrated by Riley Rosmo. I will go as far to say that before I saw... The Batman Who Laughs, the Batman Shadow was the absolute best Mr. Rosmo has ever looked. 
I think the Batman Who Laughs is even better. The guy is on a super roll. Uh, cover art by Ivan Placencia. Nothing. Well, very few things stoked my imagination and my enthusiasm like Batman the Shadow. It's a great book. It is a great book. It wasn't my choice, so we didn't have a, a trifecta, but um, all I'll say about that is that you know, you all listeners know I give Vince a ton of shit about the pulp characters. A little bit. Include, including the Shadow, and this book was so effing good that I loved it, even though half the book was about the Shadow. I even strongly considered <laughs> buying a page from the book because Riley's art was so strong, even though it included the Shadow. So... That's why my page would have included Maxim Malone. So just, <laughs> yes, perfect. that's true. Uh, on, uh, my choice, though, was an easy one here because um, this book, in, in my opinion, I guess I'm not alone, um, will be one of those books that's uh, a once-in-a-decade type of work. This will be a book that is talked about, um, that transcends his comic talk. It'll be talked about for years to come. Uh, in terms of, of, of a master craft uh, of what you can do with the medium. Um, and it certainly was a mystery book. And so um, by the aforementioned Miss Emerald Ferris, it is uh, her OGN, her debut OGN from Fantagraphics. My favorite thing is Monsters. And I'll, I'll keep it tight for now because I may talk about it again later. I'm sure you will. Oh, Vince's favorite category. Yes. Woohoo. Don't you love how I set this up for who to present? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You love it. Did you not get my check? Uh, I didn't, I, actually. Yeah, I haven't and, seen it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had dinner yet. We haven't had our get-together dinner. You're assuming, my friend. The favorite nonfiction or historical comic. The listeners have lodged my lesbian experience with loneliness in third place. With 5% of the vote. Hostage in second with 6%, and in first place with 9%, it's spinning. And this is the first and only time <laughs> that I do not have an answer because I cannot recall anything favorite historical and or nonfiction that I have read in 2017. So my my vote was cast for the ether, nothing, epis, zero zilch. Well, this is going to be a first because um, I too went back and checked everything that I have notes on reading this past year. And as far as I can tell, I did not read anything that is genuinely eligible for this category. Um, <laughs> And what's interesting is the audience's three choices of My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness, Hostage, and Spinning are all books I own sitting on my Rajan pile. Two of them I was gifted for my birthday, in fact, off of my Amazon wish list. But unfortunately, I have not had the chance to read any of them or the two other books that fit into this category. So I have five books that came out in 17 that I own that would have fit in this category. But apologies to all of you listeners because I didn't get around to reading any of them yet. So I will read them all this year and probably praise all of them because I'm sure they're great, but I, I had to, I had to pass as well. I don't have a vote. Yeah. It's not so much that, uh, I mean, anything I would have read 
I would have just put on here for favor just because it would have meant I read something. Uh, I don't recall reading anything nonfiction, uh, a biography or historical work uh, this year, sadly. And and I, I would like to say, I don't know if it's going to happen, that I will purposely uh, seek something out so that I can at least make an intent on next year's ballot. Uh, unless we rework this category and, yeah. and, and, and think about something else uh, as we're considering for a couple of maybe categories. But in any case, um, Come on, I, you I do you appreciate tell them what your vote was for. Well, did you, in the, in, I don't remember you saying that. No, the one, the thing that you have in your cell for this, yeah, the one about the guy who did the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's you had no fucking clue. I had no fucking Jason clue. Jason said in all caps, "Don't think I read any." But yes, I just I you know I, I I'm sure if, if I were to read something, it would have been that one about the guy who did the thing. He did the thing. The thing about the thing. The thing right. about the thing by that guy who did the thing. You know. Thing. Oh. Oh. All right. Oh, we're so, pick up now. All right. Um. Our favorite licensed comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we mean by that are um, intellectual property, characters, worlds, what have you, that are owned by some company that doesn't make comics, so they sell the rights to a comic book publisher to make comics about them. Uh, and with 7% of the vote, the audience's third place choice here was TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. In second place, with 13% of the vote, uh, a limited series that came out from Dark Horse this year, Aliens Dead Orbit by Mr. James Stokoe, written and drawn. Uh, and uh, the the favorite number one choice of the audience with 16% of the vote, uh, The Flintstones. A very worthy choice. Sure. Um, yep. For me this year, um, I had to go with Star Wars. Um, the the proper, Star Wars proper, the main book. Um I was way behind on Star Wars since Marvel took it over. Um, needless to say, huge fan of Jason Aaron, but also fair to say not a huge fan of Mr. Cassidy. So when the book was launching to much fanfare, it left me cold. But it did, um, thanks to Marvel Unlimited, and uh, I, d- I was able to go back and essentially catch up with the book this year, um, which was really born out of the anticipation for the new film. Uh, and then... I got uh, then I ended up just buying the next few issues and and I got all the way through Aaron's run, which was excellent. It really was truly an excellent run, uh, and it's since been taken over by Kieran Gillen, who I think is off to an auspicious start. So yeah, and I will say that um, certainly at play for me in choosing this book was the fact that this book was a lot closer to the kind of Star Wars stories I want to see than. Mr. Johnson's movie. And I'll leave it at that. <sighs> well, um, specifically, I, I, uh, I put from my favorite license book, um, since it's his book, was Star Trek Boldly Go, but I do appreciate all of the, um, the Star Trek titles that IDW is putting out whether it's waypoint, which is a great anthology. Uh, boldly go is picking up where our crew, uh, was left following star Trek beyond. 
uh, with with the the crew pretty much splintered, and and I it it feels very much like the old Marvel Star Wars books in between Star Wars and Empire, and then Empire and Return of the Jedi, where you know people aren't necessarily they're kind of treading water, but they're still telling stories that are kind of moving the franchise property forward um doing what they can within the parameters they have before whatever movie comes out next uh the boldigo has been uh, a lot of fun the current storyline with the infinite um possibilities is uh is quite entertaining uh and now they have the um the discovery spinoff miniseries but yeah i i think idw is doing some some pretty cool stuff with the Star Trek license. I agree. I sure do. Um, my soul pushed <clears throat> me to give uh, this book the nod. Written by Cy Spurrier. Art by Giovanni Timpano. And the covers, there are a lot of covers, but Mike Kaluda, the great Mike Kaluda, uh, returns to a character that... Uh, he uh, did covers for in the 70s, and I am talking about The Shadow from Dynamite. It's, uh, I know Jason's surprised. Um, <clears throat> did you go with your heart on this one? My soul, my very soul, I went with this. Um, it, um, it pulls from uh, current events in that the book features the legitimization and the... Uh, the proliferation of hate um, in um, ways that may make you uneasy, but it, it all hinges on, uh, on the shadow and it's just, it's phenomenal. Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of things in there that um, may make you squirm, but uh, it's nothing unlike we see on the television every night. So he's uh, Spurrier's taking real world events uh, overlaying them upon uh, the character of the shadow, and it's just working. It's working really well. So uh, you should check that out. You should. Yeah. Up next is your favorite original graphic novel. Ooh. Keyword there being original, which means no deluxe editions of previously released titles or volume two of a miniseries. And so in third place, with 7% of the votes, is Tarantula. Second place, 8% of the votes, Roughneck, and your listeners' number one pick at 28% is, not surprisingly, my favorite thing is Monsters. Um, I was uh, in agreement with a few of our listeners one of the the few OGNs I did read this year, uh, which was a lot of fun. We talked about it on the episode, on the show. Uh, it's it's a cool looking book. I dig the story a lot. It's done by some really talented people, uh, and that would be Tarantula by Ad House. Yeah, yes, it is. And and that was in the running for me. Yep, by but, Fabian Ronghell and uh, and Alexa Zirit. Yes. But as uh, superb as that volume was, 
when Gary Panther puts out a new book. <laughs> yeah. I got to stand up and take notice. Mm-hmm. I gave it to Song Gave Paradise. No doubt. I wasn't surprised. Yeah. Nope. From Fanographics. And no surprise for me, um, I gave this to my favorite thing is Monsters because uh, I probably could argue it's the best graphic novel I've read since we've done the show. So. Whew. Wow. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's strong. Strong words. It is a a very uh, mesmerizing book. I just wish I can get farther in it. Yes, yeah, it is. I think the art is so distracting. For me, but in a good way. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, I mean, it, it, you can't, it is definitely not a, this may come out wrong. It's not a page turner because I'm too involved on what's going on on the page. I don't, I, I, I can't, I have to take my time. So I'm not in a rush to get to what's next. And, and it is, it is a, a dense and, and literally physically a heavy book. And, and it's not, mm-hmm. um, it's really not something you kind of take your time with. So, yeah. uh, it, it's because I got it so late and, and it's just, it's taking me a while to get through and and i it would have been it's you know it's one of those things where I, it's very unfair for me to put it as 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 a winner if if i haven't finished it so it's but it is it it's based on what jason has said based on what the, the listeners have have said people on on the facebook group and it's very deserving of of uh of all accolades you gotcha well and look i mean um the good thing about it is um it is a book that is certainly getting massive acclaim from lots of outlets so it's not as though you not shouting it out or reading it yet uh is doing it harm it's it's getting plenty of love that's true you're right yeah. Yeah. you're right speaking of plenty of love our listeners had plenty of love for their favorite limited series Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 5% of the votes garnered God Country, the third <laughs> position, which was in my running as well. And number two was uh, Batman White Knight with 6%, mm. something, that's, <clears throat> something that's unfinished that I would not have. Yeah, before. exactly. And uh, also unfinished in the lead, Mr. Miracle with... A whopping, an astounding 29% of the votes. Mm-hmm. So before you go on to our choices, Vince, this is time for a little editorial uh, <laughs> cut in. Uh, um, um, I don't know where Vince is on this. He's probably a little more forgiving. But Dap and I are, um, first of all, as we said at the beginning of the show, your favorite is your favorite. So you do you. Much love to you all. And... We have tried not to put in too many rules on this thing because we want to encourage as much participation as possible. So certainly no one's votes this year were in violation of any kind of instructions. But that said, y'all, for the love of gods, when your second and your first choices are series that are respectively less than half and half complete, we need to put some structure around this. So from here on out, we will remind you this time next year, for categories like limited series, it will be defined as a series that is 12 issues or less, 
that is solicited at the outset as being a finite series and, and this is the important thing, is completed in the year that you're voting for it. Yes. Because I have no doubt, no doubt, that Mr. Miracle, the final six issues of the first, will be as good as the first six. I'm sure it will be a Hallmark series, but we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> there is the chance. There have been plenty of series over the years that have fallen flat at the end and not stuck the landing. And I am less confident, bluntly, that Batman White Knight will finish when it, it's being it compared by the creator as the next no. Dark Knight. So, again, I'm enjoying both series. I totally think, pointedly, Mr. Miracle may be my choice for the 18 O'Clockers, but dogs, like, it's not, it's Baby halfway dead. done. But anyway, enough of that. Vince, now tell us why you voted for Mr. Miracle. <laughs> I did not vote for Mr. Miracle. If you want to hear the joy in my voice as I regale the creative team oh. on this uh, limited series, go back and listen to a bunch of our uh, archived episodes written by Doug Wagner, illustrated by Daniel Hilliard, color art by Laura Martin, published by Image. It is plastic. The adventures of crazy-ass Edwin and the love of his life, a blow-up doll named Virginia, and the... Mm -hmm. uh, the crimson escapades that ensue when his uh, dream girl is taken from him. I worship every page of this, every depraved page of this thing. You should read it too. It's just, it was phenomenal. And the premise alone got me, but the execution lived up to the premise. Um, it's a, it's a wonderful piece of work. No doubt. Uh, and I voted for Batman White Knight. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I voted for Secret Weapons. Woohoo! Yes, showing the Valiant love. Um, Amazing. I went through and I double and triple checked all the, the limited series that uh, were completed this year that I read. And um, it ter just turns out that um, the most recent one for me is, is the one that uh, gets the love. Just discussed last week by, um, well, discussed many times over the course of the year by you guys, but but uh, I chimed in last week. Uh, written by Eric Heiserer with uh, art by Raul Allen and Patricia Martin. Uh, it is the the uh, story of, of a bunch of misfit uh, Harada knockoffs that uh, band together uh, under the watch of Livewire to become what is the makings of the Valiant Universe's new super team. And I enjoyed it so, so much. Sleeper hit. Love it. Mm -hmm. And it's a limited series. I went uh, with, there were, there were a couple of things that I had in mind. Um, I, I did enjoy plastic. Uh, I enjoyed a few limited series, including secret weapons. We all talked about it. Uh, but I went with uh, a series from earlier in the year that Vince and I talked up quite a bit, um, hit close to home in some aspects, because you know, my grandfather walked around with a large sword. This was God Country <laughs> uh, by Donnie Cates again, Jeff Shaw again, uh, Jason Wordy, and John J. Hill. It is a, uh, it's, everything you need to know is within these issues. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful book. Um, it's, Hard in some places, uh, hard to take. Um, 
there's an emotional impact if, if, if certain circumstances, certain events, um, kind of reflect things that have happened in your own life, some things might be uh, a little harder to take, but, uh, it, it, when you see the expressions on the family's faces and, and how, uh, people you, someone you think you had lost, uh, it was lost for some time that doesn't recognize you, uh, only to have them come back. They're, they're just, it's, it's not a real feel good and, and, and happy book, but it's still a, uh, a, a kind of powerful story for me. So it, it's, uh, it, it's, like I said, even though it's not happy, it was still, uh, my favorite limited series of 2017. Yes. That's uh, respect on that. And ties into you giving the Donnie Keats love in the, uh, in the breakthrough. Yes. Um, Okay, up next, favorite new comic. So this is a comic that uh, started in 2017. With 5% of the vote, the listener's third place choice was Super Sons. With 11% of the vote, the runner-up for the listeners was Extremity. And this is a category where it absolutely is appropriate. With 30% of the vote, the favorite choice for new comic by the listeners this year is Mr. Miracle by Tom King and Mitch Jarrods and Nick Darrington. And uh, y'all got that one right. That, that, that is that is a perfect <laughs> place to vote for this book. Good um, job. Good, good job, y'all. Um, in terms of my choice, uh, I went with none of those. Uh, for me, uh, and, and there were a ton of worthy choices in this category, but um, after some soul searching, I had to give it to Royal City. Um, which is uh, written and drawn by Jeff Lemire. Uh, talked about it a bit over the course of the year. It's a story about uh, a gentleman named Patrick Pike, who is a an author, uh, but one who's, whose career is likely peaked, and he has to go back to the industrial town where he grew up uh, to deal with some family stuff, and um, he gets quickly re-intertwined into the seemingly mundane but still complicated lives of his mother, father and siblings uh and then the the artistic and 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 uh, unique triumph of this book and one of the reasons that it's perfect for a comics medium but perhaps not other mediums um every one of the family sees interacts with and visualizes a, 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 a some version of tommy who is their deceased brother ranging from a young child which presumably is what he was like when he actually died to a uh, full-grown version, and um, this is this is Jeff at his best. Uh, he is fantastic at human stories that deal with the relationships, of personal relationships set in small, small town or rural settings, and um, uh, it's it's off to an astounding start. It is an ongoing series, and um, you know we're about halfway through. Or I guess we're close to the end of the second arc, and it's it's just been a masterpiece since it started in March. So that's my choice. That's it. Uh, this is one of those rarenesses where I think we all picked things that the listeners didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I went uh, with, I mean, it, seriously, I we talked about it a week or so ago. It is one of my favorite things of all last year. Uh, it's another book that just looks great. Is uh, is written in a way that's, that's uh, 
relatable to a degree, considering the circumstances involved, everybody and everybody's involved in. And uh, I just kind of can't get enough of it. Uh, that would be secret weapons from Valiant. I love that so much that you picked that. Mm. My choice completes the equation um, initiated by my breakout performer of 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, Steve Scrosi and Dave Stewart on Maestros was my uh, favorite new comic. The visuals are awe-inspiring. It is pretty much. It's sexy and violent and... (laughs) Vicious as, as all hell, too. Yep. I love Right that. on. Who's up? What you got that? We got favorite adventure comic. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. In third place, with 6% of the votes, Rock Candy Mountain. Uh, Paper Girls is your second place at uh, 10%. And with 11% in first place, Manifest Destiny woot, woot. cannot cool. uh, can't can't fault anybody for any of those. No. Uh, all all solid uh, adventure filled adventuresome choices. I went uh, with and it's a book we haven't talked about recently because uh, oh I haven't I haven't really been paying much attention to the spinoffs, but as far as the main story goes and the the characters um, two and four legged. Uh, I went with animosity from aftershock uh, Marguerite Bennett. And uh, it's just, it's, I like the look of the book. I it's, these animals are going and, and, and person uh, are on a trek and uh, they encounter some things. And, and for me, that's uh that's, that's an adventure is all about. So um, that's what I went with. Can't fault you for that. My choice, and it's odd because usually this man appears multiple times on my uh, O'Kloskers, but this is the first and only time you will hear the name Matt Kent in in my roll call. Right, yeah, same, same here. Yeah. Baffling. Um, illustrated by Cafu with uh, Roberto De La Torre, color art by Andrew Dahlhouse. I picked Ninjak Shadowman Rapture as my favorite adventure book. Anytime you tiptoe on the dead side, you, uh, you have one foot in the door with me, but if you throw in Ninjak and Shadowman and uh, uh, Punk Mambo, battling uh, Babel and who's trying to pierce heaven with his, uh, his tower. Uh, he, I'm, I'm, I'm helpless. I, I must. Mm-hmm. Look at, look at Valiant getting all the love. Um, I, uh, I chose deadly class, uh, which I think has made its way into my ballot in some shape or form. In each year of its existence. <laughs> but honestly, you know, again, you, you go back and you sort of have that Zen moment of, of meditation and you think about what are my favorites. And that book always percolates to the top. I look forward to every issue. I can't read it in trade. I have to read it in issue issue. I read it the day it comes out. And um, 
it's never lost its mojo. It's it's as exciting and entertaining to me with this most recent issue as it was in the first. So, um, so yeah. So, Remender and Craig on Deadly Class. Keeping it real. You are. Keeping it 100. Yeah, and our listeners did uh, likewise for their favorite sci-fi fantasy comic. Mm-hmm. Number three, 11%, seven to eternity. Respect. Nice. With 12% of the votes in second place, Descender cannot fault any of these. First place with 14% of the listenership voting for Daniel Warren Johnson's Extremity. Image with the sweep. Strong, strong year for DWJ. Mm-hmm. I opted for the fantasy side of this. And I went with the, a book that looks like nothing else on the stands. Andrew McLean's Headlopper. Nice. It's true fantasy. In, um, there's not a, a glut of that it, it presently. The fantasy books are few and far between. And I think uh, McLean does uh, fantasy right. Give it up for Norgal. <laughs> for me, it was um, it was Paper Girls um, by Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang. Stunned. Yeah, I know. Cliff, uh, another uh, gentleman to, to grace us with his presence on the show this year. Uh, or not this year, I keep saying, but 2017. Um, you know, this is a story of four young ladies in the eighties who are embroiled, uh, and get sucked into a time hopping, uh, adventure of the grandest scale and the grandest stakes. And I just think that it's, uh, Cliff and Brian had, as they, as he told us on the show when he was on, they had been wanting to work together for 15 years and this is finally the chance. And, uh, it, uh, it's the reigning Eisner winner and I think deservedly so. And uh, it's definitely another one of those books that I cannot wait for each subsequent issue to drop. So. Nice. And with this sweep, we went with Seven <laughs> to Eternity for mine. Uh, between Remender's fantastic story with these characters. But we had issues not only by Jerome O'Pena, but also the amazingly talented james heron for a couple of issues it was um it's it's just been it's and i don't want to say crazy or nuts it's just it's it, it's another one i, I just I'll, I'll use the adjective again it, it's a beautiful book if the characters are necessarily uh a reflection of of the art there, there are some they got some baggage and they've got some issues and and there may be some trust issues here and there but they, they all have a dark side to them uh all working towards a common goal more or less uh, but it's it's just you're kind of just absorbed into into this world into this universe these creators have created and it's uh it's it's very hard to shake. It's very hard to, to get out of. Uh, and, and I kind of don't want to. It's it's just... 
it's I this is one of those books I believe that is perfect for the medium. It, it, this is why comic books are invented. The way it looks, the way it comes across on the page. It I I, I don't think I'd want to see this story adapted somewhere else. It, it it's kind of perfect the way it is on the page by these people. Um I kind of don't want to see it through someone else's filter. It it's just I like it a lot and, and I, I would like to just keep it pure and, and keep it the way it is. And and there aren't a lot of a lot of what I read maybe considered sci fi or fantasy, but there aren't a lot that leave me feeling the way Seven to Eternity does. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. I'm with it. Okay, the last of our genre categories and arguably um makes sense to, to save it for last because it's uh it's the most popular genre in in the comics medium and that is favorite superhero comic with seven percent of the vote the audience says the mighty thor nice uh with eleven uh, percent of the vote uh, holding on the second spot black hammer dig it and with 30 percent continuing the tom king victory lap uh the Top choice for the viewers, uh, viewers for the listeners is Batman, and uh, I'll keep it uh, straight to the point. I agree with the I agree with the EOC community. Batman was my favorite superhero book of the year, and uh, if you're wondering why, then just go back to the fact that you've got issues. You've got the Swamp Thing issue, which I believe was what 14, 14, 17. Can't remember what it was. Fourteen or seventeen. You've got thirty six, thirty seven. You've got um, three terrific arcs, and you've got on top of that an annual and uh, uh, a one shot that uh, were, were stand out in their own. And so for me, no character and no series um, pleased me more this year than um, in the genre than, than Superman. So had to, had to give it to him. I think it's it's the first time I've ever given one of the DC Trinity. Uh, this kind of uh, accolade, and I feel like it's it's much deserved. I I, I agree with you, I really do. Um, I, I I can't fault you at all. Uh, this was one that I was really looking forward to when it was announced. Um, surprisingly, since half of it contains someone a character that I'm really not a fan of, uh, but it's still beautifully illustrated by Jorge Jimenez. Uh, it's probably a good thing that I was disconnected earlier when we were talking about, when, when the guys were talking about the all-ages book, because I would have had some things to say. Uh, but for me, my favorite superhero book of 2017 is Super Sons. That's a fine choice. Thank you. My favorite superhero book, again, Tipping the hat to Valiant, month in, month out. And it has been that way for a long time, and that's a testament to the writing skills of Mr. Jeff Lemire. But in this instance, there's a two-headed monster on this title. Uh, the groundbreaking work of Louis LaRosa and Miko Swayan. I gave it to Bloodshot Salvation. I am way behind on that. Oh, I love God. that book. Uh, all I got to say is Magic's family is, uh, especially her daddy, crazy, so crazy, crazy AF. 
It's like yeah. Deliverance meets yeah. superheroes. Ding, 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 ding. Mijak is the devil, <laughs> by the way. But All right. That's neither here nor there. Now, this, the next group here, the, we're on the home stretch, everyone. Thanks for hanging in. This is this is where we step it up here. This is the These are the main, the big, the big cojones categories, the big enchiladas. Starting with your favorite penciler, uh, which I guess these days is kind of the whole category. Maybe. The lines are blurred. Yes, they are definitely blurred. Um, you went with in third place with 7% of the votes, Daniel Warren Johnson. 8%, second place, Jerome Opeña. And with 10% of the votes in first place, you listeners picked Mitch Gerrards and all fine, upstanding gentlemen and fantastic talents. Uh, for me, I just mentioned them with Super Sons. He did some fantastic covers for Superman and a few other DC books. But uh, Mr. Jimenez is just doing fantastic work. I love his version of John. I love his version of Lois. It's is Superman is just close to perfect. Um, and I can even stand Damien under his pencil. <laughs> it, it's a. Uh, it's it, he just. I like the youthfulness he brings to the book. Uh, I, I just I, I, I like the way he presents everybody in the book, and and he's it's just I mean, going back earlier in the year with with the Superman annual with Swamp Thing. There's just it, it, I haven't seen him do anything yet that has made me think that that just doesn't look right. It, everything looks amazing. On his pages, love him. I, I I would love to see more by him. I had a difficult time with this category because I tend to follow the Swiss Army Knives, the guys that do it all, mm -hmm. pencil ink. Um, but the more I dwelled upon it, one name bubbled to the surface, and it's it's really a no brainer. I believe mm. I've I've given it to this man in the past, Chris Pacello, for Doctor yeah. Strange. And and not not to cut you off, when I think about everything that I've read in the past year, that is probably Doctor Strange, probably the only book that actually had an actual penciler and a slew of anchors, but an actual penciler. Almost every other book I've read was penciled and inked by one individual. So I respect that choice, Vince. Thank you. Glad. <laughs> uh, I, I do as well, and I, I can't wait for the next category because it's going to make Dap all sorts of giddy. But, um, well, uh, fresh off my vote for Paper Girls, my favorite penciler this year um, was Cliff Chang. Uh, like Cliff's, I mean, his line work is just, it's impeccable. It's so confident and um, he's of that camp that, that doesn't need a lot of lines to tell a great story. And, uh, um, you know, this is probably one of the hardest categories each year because there's just so many amazing artists and that's what draws us to the category, to the genre in the first place, uh, or the medium in the first place. And so, um, I always feel like this is one where if you ask me a week later, I may have picked someone else, but, uh, but, uh, I, I do in my heart think that for me, this was Cliff's year. Well, I am responsible 
for bringing you the winners in the favorite Inkor. 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 Favorite Inkor. Like He-Man, Inkor. He-Man Inkor. Inkor. Yeah. He-Man Inkor. Inkor. Favorite Inker or Penciler Inker. Seven percent of you chose Danny Mickey. Nine percent of you went with Wade Von Grabadger in second place. And twelve percent of the listenership decided that Jonathan Glapian was worthy of the top spot for twenty seventeen. Yeah. And and Dap, look at look at that. All inkers, baby. They are all inkers. And I you know, if I if I read more then the couple of issues of Amazing Spider-Man that Stewart had penciled and Wade had inked, Wade mm-hmm. would have been um, very close to the top of the list. I haven't. I'm I'm way behind on metal, uh, so I, I couldn't have really given Jonathan the nod. But um, they are all they're all anchors. They are all fantastic anchors. So mega props to mm-hmm. the listeners for for picking actual anchors. People who do actual that that is their credit in in the comics i did not go in that direction you did not at all no shame uh i had it down to two both were immediate like lightning popped into my head uh i decided to go with the favorite um and give the other award to a man who will come up later so uh, my favorite penciler slash inker for 2017 was a man who just wowed me in every pen. Yeah, what did he do? Um, Batman Shadow. Uh, oh. Mr. Riley Rossmo had a phenomenal year. Mm-hmm. Did. He really did. I can't argue that. He's a cool dude, too. I mean, he's just – I. it was – man – when I think about that whole weekend, it, it, I mean, it was great, but uh, Riley was definitely a highlight of that weekend. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, this is a, a, a name that surprised me uh, that I chose him because um, this is someone that I feel has gotten a lot of love over the years from other comics outlets, but we never talk about him. And I think it's because mm-hmm. he's largely chosen to draw subject matter um, – it doesn't hold a lot of appeal to us. Yeah, I used to talk about him. No, you did. You, you, way, yeah. way back you did because you were a fan of that, Ron of the Mars. darkness and things like that. Yeah. 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 Um, but I'm talking about Mr. Stepan Sage. Um, I believe that's how you say his last name, Sage. Um, some say Sedgwick, but I believe it's Sage. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, some, some in attendance say Sage. <laughs> uh, but, but, but. This is purely for what he did on Aquaman this year. Um, uh, Aquaman just blew me away. I, I think the work that he did, um, and then frankly, Federici's more recently has been awesome too. But 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 uh, Sage's painted style and just it's just incredible. It's it's uh, I can't imagine how he holds down a monthly schedule doing it. And I guess maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's why he doesn't doesn't do arc after arc, but but he gave us a lot of issues this year and um and he he brought Aquaman to life in a way that uh, I think is needed for a book that even though it's a big character has often had trouble maintaining a sales momentum. Uh and so when I think back on the visuals that leave me 
that, that, that was sort of front and center in my mind when I let the year flow back over. It's, I mean, Stepan's art just, just knocked me on my ass this year. So, so yep. So I'm, I'm picking the guy who painted Aquaman for the year. That, that's, that's what I'm going with. Got to give you a beautiful work. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went with an amazing anchor who happens to pencil from time to time. This is <laughs> a, um, I mentioned Black Widow earlier. Uh, he did an amazing issue of uh, Guardians of all new Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, and he is kicking ass for me on Captain America. Uh, I believe I saw on Twitter recently someone asked him uh, the man is Chris Somney and and asked Chris, you know, if he could ever um, if he could do something with the wings on the cowl, like like like. like like they go back to the way Cap's been looking the past few years, where they're kind of just painted or decorative on on the um, they're flat on on the helmet or the cowl. Um, and Chris was like, "No, no, the wings are mm-hmm. here to stay for a while." So, and I, you know, I the Buccaneer boots and and the, the scales, and I just that's the Captain America who was Cap. That, that was how he looked when I started reading and. I think Chris is doing fantastic work. I think he does great work when paired with Mark Wade. Um, you can kind of tell Mark's having fun. It, Mark Wade is no stranger to Captain America. Uh, so I get the impression that Chris is having a lot of fun on the page. And, and I think, uh, you know, I've seen Chris inked by other people. Uh, specifically Andy Parks on the exterminators. Uh, but, um, and pro tip for people who may want Chris Somney artwork, since he doesn't sell his stuff, uh, you'd have to look for anything that was inked by someone else. Uh, and there are some pages out there, but, uh, I think he, he's, he's one of the people, he's one of those artists where, and not every artist I think should ink themselves. I, I don't, have that worry with Chris. Uh, I just, I, the work is, is strong enough on its own in black and white because I love what he does with the blacks, but uh, Matt Wilson compliments him very well. Uh, so it, I enjoy all the work. I, I enjoy the work in its entirety when, when I, when I see Chris Sonny is working on something, but I love the man's line work and uh, he's, this is not the first time Chris Sonny has won something on my 11 of Classiers. Uh, I doubt it will be the last, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's still well-deserved. No doubt. Any year you say the word, the name Somni, you're not going to, no one's going to fall. And no one's going to hear it quickly. <laughs> uh, favorite writer, O'Nelly. Uh, with 11% of the vote, a longtime EOC favorite and, Recipient of, of my choice here on several years uh, occasion, Mr. Rick Remender. Uh, in the second spot, uh, with 12% of the vote, uh, another longtime friend of the show, Mr. Jeff Lemire. But uh, I think fittingly so this year, um, the runaway winner in this category for Best Writer, with 39% of our participants vote, Mr. Tom King. Stunt, shocking! It is yeah. uh, shocking. What an upset! And um, uh, my choice for the 2017 favorite writer was Mr. Tom King. 
Uh, oh, was it? Yeah. I uh, I had to give it to him. Um, j- jokes and ribs aside, the six issues we've gotten of Mr. Miracle have been phenomenal. Um, he's, in my opinion, done the most entertaining run on Batman that I've read. And I know that's probably... A, <laughs> that's probably a controversial statement for some but, but for, loaded statement but for me it is um and, and the other thing you have to remember is he's doing double duty dude on batman i mean he's he's you know he's putting out 20 plus issues of batman a year he's not just not just banging out one a month here um uh and then his one shots things like you know uh, i think it's fair to say we all were a little disappointed in the commandy challenge as a whole but i thought tom's issue was probably the best of the bunch and uh, the Elmer Fudd one shot was awesome. So yeah, all in all, I just think he he had no misses this year. He just was in his stride, and uh, and and every bit of accolades he's getting from the industry broadly is is legitimately deserved. And uh, it would have been unfair of me to um, to not give him the love just because it would have seemed like a homer pick. So I'm I'm still picking him. I can respect that. I um I have no problem with you picking him. Because that's who I picked. Yeah, uh, you did. It's um, it was it was close. I mean, looking at the guy who you picked, and looking at who you two picked, and and looking at the uh, the first and second place winners that the listeners picked, um, it's another one of those circumstances where I just had to start weighing things out and mm-hmm. what what I read from one uh, compared to the other, and and um. Black Hammer is another series that I am a little bit behind on. Um, and I haven't started Sherlock Frankenstein because I'm just waiting for it to finish. Uh, so it's just, I, as far as consistency and, and you, between the notes I've taken and the episodes from 2017, uh, Tom has gotten a lot of love and, and it's, it would be kind of silly to have talked him up all year long and then, you know, end up giving it to just, I don't want to call anybody out, but just give it to anybody else. It's just, it, it would have been like, Oh, what the hell are you guys talking about all year then? So this, this, you may have seen this coming. It, it may have been a no brainer, but uh, yes, as far as the work that I've thoroughly enjoyed, uh, if I had to narrow it down to one particular writer, my favorite of the year is Tom King. Well, I break the streak. You do? No, I didn't vote for Tom. No, you didn't? Nope, for reasons that will soon unfold. But uh, I gave the nod to the man who writes Black Hammer and Bloodshot Salvation. I gave it to Jeff Lemire. I mean, you know, I ain't got no issues with that, man. Seriously. Truth. That's my dog. Okay. Your favorite writer, artist who does it all. Our listeners at 9% in third place, Ed Piscor. I have no problem with that. That's, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> I did, as, as we've established on the Slack, yeah, I did this fall. This kind of falls into the limited series category, but we're not going to get into that here because we're going to continue with the good times in second place with 14% of the votes, Jeff Lemire and 17% of our listeners in first place gave it to Daniel Warren Johnson. And uh, I can't 
disagree with them. Uh, DWJ is my pick as well. Extreme. There are. Yeah, I mean, there, there may be a couple of books that I've read that were written and drawn by the same person. Uh, but as far as quantity and quality, uh, it, it's it's hard for me to say that um, based on what I've read that Daniel Warren Johnson uh, kind of beat them all across the finish line for me. So like the listeners, that's what I went with. This category was pretty much made for my choice. It's true. Mm-hmm. Because when I think writer-artist, sure. one man immediately pops into my mind. Yeah, no doubt. Eric Larson. That, you want to elaborate or are you just good? You can leave it at no, that? No, I'm leaving it at that for now. All right, cool. Um, this is also a category that um, I have great affinity for. Um Scotty's been a winner in the past. Uh, Matt Kent has been a multiple winner amongst us over the years. Um, Terry Moore's been a winner. You know, these are great, some 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 amazing creators that can do it all. Um, I think DWJ David is a is he was probably my my runner up. Um, yeah. Um, but I had to go with with Jeff uh, Lemire um, because. I think he is both as as I, I gave you know he is both one of the the best writers in the business, but he's also a great cartoonist, and to be able to do both at the same time is he's not alone. As we just said, there's other people that write and draw their own book, but who else writes and draws their own book and puts out another five books <laughs> a month that they write that are also amazing? I mean, Vince mentioned Bloodshot Salvation. I, I know it. Probably doesn't do huge numbers, but it's a it's a incredibly great book. Um, Royal City, my choice for favorite new book of the year. Descender continues to be phenomenal. Uh, Sherlock Frankenstein and Legion of Evil. If I didn't have my own self imposed rule, would have been my choice for best limited series. Um, it's been great so far for what we've gotten. Um, you know, it's it's just incredible, and and you know, Black Hammer is is a triumph. It's it's an absolute triumph, and um, and that's to say nothing of things like After Death and Old Man Logan that he did earlier in the year. Um, Thanos, which yeah, I know you guys are were vibing on for sure, and no Vince was in particular. Um, it's just stupid. I mean, he had a stupid great year. Um, he really did. Uh, and by the way, Bloodshot Reborn came earlier in the year yeah. before. Uh, yeah. So it's like the whole thing is just. I mean, he had no misses. From my vantage, he had no misses this year. Um, and he also wrapped up, I mean, it was the tail end, but he wrapped up Old Man Logan and Moon Knight um, this year, which were terrific books at Marvel. So for me, um, the fact that he can also cartoon and, and, oh, and by the way, I didn't even mention, and I'm remiss for this because it was probably my runner up for OGN and Roughneck came out this year, which yeah. he also wrote and drew. Um, so yeah, for, for me, Jeff, Jeff gets the nod. Vince, let's let's uh, break oh, break it off. Uh, wow, favorite ongoing dude. Yeah, the listeners voted Deadly Class in third place, Black Hammer with nine percent in second place, and surprising no one in first place. Their favorite ongoing with twenty five percent of the tally, Batman. 
it's silly. It's silly how this this group of creators are just sweeping uh, this mm -hmm. year. My favorite ongoing series, hinging on my favorite writer artist. Um, again, um, there was little question in my mind, but I've always bought this book. I have relegated this book to various places in my stack, sometimes mm -hmm. on the bottom, sometimes in the middle. This year, the book leapt to the top of my stack because uh, the writer, artist, creator decided to say fuck it and do whatever he wanted to do. He's always yep. done whatever he wanted to do, but it's never been more explicitly so than this yep. year. My favorite ongoing series is Savage Dragon. And I love oh, it. Yes. And, I, and I, again, it's in most years, if you had picked Savage Dragon, I would have given you a side eye just because it would have felt like a book you were <laughs> But, you know, hey, you got us reading it. I've, I've read every, since that, what was it, 228, whatever that... That first issue you told told us about, I I mean I've so I've been reading it ever since month monthly, and love it. And and I haven't read Seven Dragon monthly since nineteen ninety two ninety three. So so props to you for that. Um, if for the for the third category in a row here for me, um, I got I got to give Jeff Lemire some love. My my favorite ongoing series is is Black Hammer. Um, just knocks me on my ass this year. This is written by Jeff, um, with art by Dean, um, by Orms Dean Ormston, with Dave Stewart colors, and this is a multi-genre thing. In fact, Dark Horse uh, codes its books by genre, and and it's coded, it's co-coded as superhero, science fiction, action, and adventure, uh, and that's that's fair. It's um, it's an amazingly complex tale of a bunch of essentially golden age heroes from a universe. That in a great big battle, essentially their crisis on infinite Earths are uh, banished to a alternate world where they're essentially trapped in a small rural town. And the story picks up ten years into that that banishment. And it's uh, characters Abraham Slam, Barbellion, uh, Colonel Weird, Golden Gale, and uh, Madam Dragonfly. And they are posing as a small country bumpkin family. Um, but you know, that's all just a, a put on, uh, and they're in varying degrees of acceptance. Uh, Abraham slam, who was the team leader, um, has embraced their new reality. Golden Gale, who is, um, essentially like a female, a Miss Marvelous Shazam. She is trapped in the body of the little girl that she, she, um, you know, she is instead of the 60 year old woman that she is in, in, in terms of her mind. And, so she hates it because she has to act like the daughter of this family, and uh, you know it's just it's um it's it's phenomenal stuff. Um, I just think that uh, um, it's been surprising and taking amazing twists, and it's fostered two spinoff books uh, so far, and the artist that Jeff is working with, you know, I, as you all know, I have a man crush on David Rubin who's doing Sherlock Frankenstein, but but. Um, if I had ever read Dean Ormston work before, I don't remember doing so. I think he did a little bit with Sandman, I know. Um, but man, is he a fan fantastic cartoonist. So, yeah, man, I, uh, I this is a book I can't I can't wait for the next issue. It's it's with bated breath. So, so uh, it gets my love. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, as far as books that can't wait for the next issue, it's it's one of the few that as soon as that issue hits every two weeks, um, I do read it. The reason why it's been talked about a lot tonight, not just by us, but by the listeners, um, looking over other books that, that could have been a contender, you know, there are certain things that Superman kind of knocked itself off because once Tomasi took a break, it, it kind of stalled a bit for me. Uh, Super Sons hasn't had as many issues as my winner. Uh, plus, Jimenez hasn't drawn all of them. So I, as far as, you know, what I'm enjoying twice a month when it hits uh it's it's batman it, it's really um there really aren't too many actual ongoings and and uh and i look at some of the things that I, I was trying to think if there was anything from image that i could have put on here but but there were just not everything was out every month and it it's as much as I enjoyed them and, and, you know, I don't know the creators are busting their hump, putting them out. Uh, I, I just have to kind of look over the past 12 months and, and kind of just see where things match up and, and not. And, and, uh, Tom's Batman kind of left everybody else in the dust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Respect. All right. The last three, y'all. The, the 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 final big three. First up, uh, I have the honor of talking about the favorite publishers of the year, uh, and with four percent of the vote. And hey, you know what? I'll take it. Serious third place. The listeners chose Valiant. Nice, the love Rocks. it. Good showing. It's a good. Yeah, show. absolutely. Um, with thirty percent of the vote in uh, the runner-up spot, DC Comics. And not surprisingly, I have to. I don't have the results handy, but I think they have won the listener vote pretty much every year, if not every year, with forty-seven percent of the vote, which is a lot. That's hundreds of people. Um, Image Comics takes it again, uh, and I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna side eyes the vote for Image. I mean, Image no, not at all. Amazing stuff. What's um, amazing is there's no Marvel in there at all. Not no, and, and Marvel hasn't. Yeah, I don't know that Marvel's shown in the audience vote for the last few years. I think we've been a little more supportive of Marvel in this category than the audience, but um, but not this year because my choice, um, I believe, for the first time ever, I think um, I favorite publisher is DC Comics. And um, look again, this is our favorites, and for me, this is definitely the first year I can definitively say I read more DC Comics than Marvel. And I enjoyed more DC Comics than Marvel. Um, it just was a great year for them, um, in my opinion. From you know, from Deathstroke to Super Sons to obviously Batman being at the top of the heap. But uh, Harley Quinn, frankly, is a book that I desperately tried to figure out how to include in my ballot this year. Um, if we still had best comedy or best humor book, it would have been my choice there. Probably was my runner-up for best superhero book. Um, Aquaman again. Just I just think they're putting out a ton of books that are high quality and they're consistent and they're they're coming out on time. And I think the artwork is on average been better and more consistent than what Marvel's putting out. You know, on average this, this year, I just 
I think this was DC's year in a lot of ways, and, and deservedly so. And uh, I had to, I had to, I had to call a spade a spade. I can, uh, I can respect that. And and again, this is one of those situations where it was very close between Image and DC for me. Um, thinking about everything that I've read from Image, and for the most part, have enjoyed, uh, but. DC started off strong this year and, and uh, I've kept with everything that I've been enjoying. I mean, I mean behind on some things like, like Aquaman. Uh, but when I look at everything, I look through my notes, the, the things that I've been reading and, and what I'm excited to talk about each week and what we have in our reading lists, uh, it's, and, and then they end the year by, by kicking ass with, with two issues of Doomsday Clock. And, and I can't, I, I can't be mad at those. So I, I think, you know, they're going to continue doing really strong, good work in, in 2018. I don't have any worry about that, but, uh, DC Comics was, my favorite publisher for last year. I broke the streak again. Yep. And uh, be that guy. this is a, a very strange choice for me because if uh, I could, uh, the, the past life me could peer through time and see what I'm voting for now, I'd be like, what? Because prior to 2017, I had zero titles. From this publisher mm-hmm. on, on my pull list, um, and I went from nothing to regularly buying and enjoying Fight American, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter, Beautiful Death, Doctor Radar, Minky Woodcock, Dan Dare. I gave my favorite publisher nod to Titan Comics, which still boggles my mind. Because I usually give it to Valiant. Valiant gave That's me true. a lot of love in, in 2017. I can't slight them. But I have to give it to Titan just for the surprise upset. They sprang out of the blue. And mm-hmm. I, I've very much enjoyed everything that they've published that I've read. So there you go. Well, plus, you know, 4% of the voters had your back anyway with Valiant. So they were they still they they were still represented. Okay, we are at the penultimate category. I love that freaking word. Say it again. Penultimate. The creator of the year. In all caps, you have 9% of you voted and put him in third place on our hearts. Rick Remender. In second place with 13% of the votes, Jeff Lemire. And with a massive, whopping 43% of the votes in first place by the listeners, Mr. Tom King. And it's all three of those men would have, could have very easily made it on my list. One of them did. One of them is my creator of the year. And it's not because... He put, he killed the three of us in a Batman comic. That didn't hurt, but 
I had to um, give it to Tom myself. It's uh, it's we've we've already run down his resume for the year. It's it's not going to change now. It's just mm-hmm. as far as I mean, it's issue by issue and and the amount of work he's put. And uh, again, with the word consistent, it's just I haven't been let down by him every story i you know i've i've sent him messages after reading an issue and i just there aren't a lot of creators that i that i can that i have the need or feel like i have to but th- th- there, there are things that the tom does in a book that just that, that that makes my heart sing and uh he he gets it he, he gets the characters i i i, I dig the stories he's working with some amazingly talented people and and he's telling stories that i absolutely love reading and uh you know i don't know how often in the years i've given it to a writer but uh this is this is one case where it it was really a no-brainer for me yeah i agree um my choice (laughs) the man captured massive media attention, vast critical acclaim, the fans gleefully jumped into his ride and he took them wherever he damn well wanted to take them. It's the reason why I didn't give him writer of the year because I think that designation undercuts just what he managed to accomplish in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom King. Nice. Well, um, it's gotta break the street. I am, but but listen, I mean, this was one and one A for me, and uh, Vince and I just took different approaches. Vince went Tom Creator of the Year, and he gave his writer to Jeff, and I flip flopped it. But to me, this was their year. This was the, these two. It was their these two guys' year, um, and so since I gave Tom my favorite writer, I I gave Jeff my creator and really the the main reason that i went the other way is because tom is a writer and and as we discussed with the writer artist jeff does both and for me you know it's 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 always quality over quantity certainly but i just think i can't remember a time when someone had both quantity and quality in the way jeff did i mean you know he and i know he worked on some of these things for years before but but in terms of what was published this year you had After Death, his partnership with Scott. Oh Snyder. yeah, 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 yeah. You had Roughneck, a multi-hundred-page OGN that he wrote and drew. You had um, the launch of Royal City and seven issues of that that he wrote and drew. And then he wrote, as we've discussed, six, seven different books at different points of the year. They were all excellent in different genres and different tones with different art partners. So for me. I don't know how a human being in this business could be more prolific and maintain the level of quality that he did this year. Um, I know he's a young guy and he's probably got another 30, 40 years in the biz, but it wouldn't shock me if this is the best year of his career simply because I don't know how he can beat it. And, um, you know, look, Tom had an amazing year too. And perhaps in the ultimate compliment to Tom, I think Tom has better years ahead because he's just getting started, which is scary. Scary when you think of that. So um, I'm never going to push back on Tom. It could have easily been a clean sweep here. But uh, for me, just ever so slightly because of the, the level of prolific nature of his year as well, I uh, my creator of the year is Jeff. 
Sweet. I like it. I don't know what I did to deserve this, but I... You're, you're the producer. You're the man. I'm you're getting, you. I'm getting to tell you what our listeners voted for the comic of the year. Yep. 6% gave the crown to Black Hammer. That's the bronze. Uh, the silver with 14% went to Mr. Miracle. And I have some dead relatives that are not surprised that the gold went to Tom King's Batman with 26% of the votes. Well, I examined my conscience. I whittled it down to a bunch of books that critical acclaim be damned. Um, appeal, who cares? What books speak directly to me? And there was one clear winner. I feel it encapsulates the reasons why creative types do what they do. It's a, a monthly glimpse, well, give or take, monthly glimpse into the mind of a massively creative individual who's doing whatever he damn well pleases. I gave the Comic of the Year award to Eric Larson's Savage Dragon. I'm not surprised. You do you, man. That's that's your boy. Yep. That's your boy. He gave you great joy this year. He did. For sure. Unparalleled joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went for... And you know what? Shout out to Cole Miller. Because... Cole, in the most polite of ways, was begging us to read this book for months. And every month or so, he'd check in and be like, hey, did y'all check that out yet? And I'd be like, bruh, I got it. I'm going to read it. But it, as you guys talked about earlier, it's big. It's a big, daunting book. Mm-hmm. But I did finally read it on vacation in November. And, you know, sometimes when something gets so hyped, so widely appraised, um, uh, it can be off-putting because you don't want to kind of you feel like all right how, how can I even think be that good? But in this case, um, I think that uh, that it is absolutely worthy of the accolades, and uh, I would be doing myself as a critic of this medium a disservice to not say that the comic of the year was my favorite thing as monsters. That was Ferris. It is a triumphant book on all accounts, storytelling structure we see a million different styles i mean there are pages where she paints complete replicas of famous fine artwork and the book is drawn as though it's inside of a lined notebook and she uses everything you can imagine i mean painting crayon chalk ink uh digital effects she plays with panel layouts. She does it all, and it's again, it's her first comic ever it's just stupid that you could make your first <laughs> foray this good and uh I can't wait. Volume two is coming out this year, but uh, yeah, it, it it was it was my it was my pick. I am not surprised. I, it, as as you said before, it's very Jim Rugg esque in in many spots, and it's it's a beautiful piece of work. I, I, I really am impressed by it, and I just I know I know I'm gonna love it when I finish it, but it's. Um, 
it's I I it's I couldn't put it on my list obviously uh, but there's one thing that's been mentioned by me by many all night long uh, my comic of the year without going too deep into it is uh, is Batman. Bam. Look at that. With two ends. <laughs> Someone's excited. Batman. Batman. That's awesome. Oh, and those are your 11 o'clockers. Favorites of the voting year. year 2017. Oh, Vote seven. I know I say it every year, but damn, I got to make a list just to make it easy on myself. Yes. No, I know. I know. Thank, thank goodness for Evernote. Because it dates your notes. It does. And it I can just, does. you know, go in and yeah. filter all by 2017 and there they are. Mm-hmm. But uh, it still took a lot of time to oh, yeah. tab through yeah, all those sure. notes. Um, hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. We, we love you so much for doing it. And we'll be back next week with even more stuff. But remember, where do you get your comics if you don't want to spend a whole lot of money? DCBService.com. Discount comic book service. That's right. Discount comic book service. DCBService.com. You can get everything in that thick-ass previews catalog for a fraction of the price listed therein. For example, from Black Mask, it's the Billionaire Killers number one, which will cost you $2.19. Green Hornet number one from Dynamite. Jason's salivating. $1.99. It's dirty. And um, from Oni Press, The Ballad of Sang, number one, for $1.99. In your travels, if you haven't already, check out everything we've mentioned this episode. We're going to keep it tight and right on this thing, Mm because we've been going it a long time. Just check it out. Um, If we have piqued your interest with something, do yourself a big old solid and go check it out. We would not steer you wrong. Neither would the listeners. It's true. Yeah. And thanks for another amazing year, everybody. And uh, we've got a lot of uh, awesome things planned uh, for 18. Yeah. For real. So you're all going to piggyback on my your travels? I thought that was the point. Oh, well, I'm glad you thought that. But okay. So, hey, <laughs> uh, you know who is going to get you know what if you do not you know something. Um, just come back. Say good night. David. Oh, good night. Give you training wheels on that one. David. Wow. What do you think, Jason? I think it was pretty good. It's an award night. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Just come back. We love you so much. Say mm-hmm. bye. Peace. Are we doing, we're doing two next week? I think it's three, isn't it? No, it's not three. That's, that could be again. three. Could be three. Doing two. <laughs> two episodes next week, everybody. All right. Book of the month and a special guest. Ooh. Yeah. For All real, right. I'll let it go for now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, you will. Deep in the back of my mind is an unrealized sound 
Every feeling I get from the street says it soon could be found When I hear the cold lies of the pusher, I know it exists It's confirmed in the eyes of the kids emphasized with their fists But the high has to rise from below Like volcanoes explode through the snow The mosquito sting brings a dream But the poison's deranged mm, The music must change For we're chewing upon We soar like the sparrowhawk fly Then we drop like a stone Like the tide in the waves Growing slowly in range Crushing mountains as old as the earth Sometimes at night I wake up and my body's like ice The sound of the running wild stallion, the noise of the mice And I wondered if then I could hear into all of your dreams I realize now it was really the sound of your screams But death always leads on to life The street fighter swallows the knife Am I so crazy to feel That it's here prearranged The music must change It gets higher and higher Smoldering like thieves in the sun Then it bursts into fire Its rhythm goes strong It's so new and so strange 